thank you, thank you, thank you. Calm down, calm down. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Jams and Cocktails Live podcast. Yes, the big 4 0. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's right. My name is Brad Brock, and I'll be your host this evening. Joining me in the legendary JNC Lounge is the one and only Jordan Taylor. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and producer Derek has joined us again once What's again. Up, guys. Ooh, surprise. Welcome, welcome. And our very special guest this evening, my friend, singer-songwriter Jason Ambrose is in the house. Hey, how we all doing out there? All right, all right. Well, as always, we'll get to know Jason. Uh, We'll also get our midweek motivation from leadership coach Tony Espinosa. We'll play an interactive round of Name That Tune. We'll take a peek inside the Geordie files and get to hear some jams from Jason Ambrose. So thank you so much for tuning in live with us on Facebook and YouTube. And a thank you to those of you catching the rerun on YouTube or listening in wherever you get your podcasts like iHeartRadio or Spotify. So wherever you're listening, please give us a like, share, follow and subscribe. Very important for us. We appreciate that. We are watching the comments in the chats tonight, as always, so join our conversation. What do you say, you guys? We kick off the evening with our shot of the week. Shall we? Let's. <laughs> Jordan is uh, feverishly mixing this shot. It's a talented mixologist right there. She's, uh, she's definitely hustling. Well, tonight's shot of the week uh, is inspired uh, by hanging with our friend Johnny Ringo from the Code Rum Company over the last couple of days at various tiki bars around the Treasure Coast. This is called the Code Tiki Torch. So this is uh, Code Red, which is their cinnamon-flavored rum, Malibu coconut rum, uh, and pineapple juice. So we did not do a pre-test of this shot, so not even sure what this is going to be or how it's going to be. But if it's good, I'm taking full credit for it. It sounds rummy. It, it sounds rummy. It sounds uh, a little bit spicy, maybe like an island Christmas or something. <laughs> Jordan's over there. So this is uh, this is going out to all our Code Rum drinkers. And uh, if you haven't tried Code Rum, they are not only a sponsor of our show, but in uh, a very good product. But um, good friends of ours as well so oh yeah i love getting (laughs) johnny ringo just chimed in he said can i come just for the shot each week (laughs) absolutely always welcome johnny ringo all right well cheers you guys let's see how this goes code run bottoms up tonight it's bottoms up that is actually Really nice. It's very oh, refreshing. That's smooth. That is. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that's not terrible, right? That's. Uh, <laughs> what, what, that's what, great. What do you think that's over there, Jill? Not Jill, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jill, Jill, and Alexis are hanging out in the uh, in the lounge side of the studio tonight, hanging in for the show. She's uh, 
It's a little cinnamony. It's spicy. Uh, it's spicy. Very <laughs> <laughs> saucy. Woohoo. Oh boy. Oh, I just got a taste of it. Uh, it's, it's one of those one it's of those the gift shots. that keeps on giving. I, you know, honestly, I feel like there is like an after effect because yeah. I'm I'm getting it too as well. It's just tingle that comes along. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll jump straight into it, you guys. Uh, building his career over nearly the last three decades, he's performed thousands of shows around the country, opening for massive country artists. Now, uh, or he has spent years writing, recording, and touring out in Nashville and out of Nashville. Now he resides here on the Treasure Coast to share his talents with us, performing locally with his band Roughshot and in his solo show. You guys, check out Jason Ambrose. What's up, brother? Oh, man. Uh, welcome to the legendary JMC Lounge. It's good to have you here, my friend. It's great to be here. It's an honor, man. I Aww. appreciate it. Well, uh, glad to finally have you here. You know, uh, I was like dreams of, of, of having my, my favorite South Florida performers. And, and now you're here on the Treasure Coast with us and, uh, and, and have you so close and nearby. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm proud to call it home. I love it here. Love so, it. Good. so good. So good. Well, man, uh, I guess we'll jump right into it. And uh, as I as I do with a lot of my first time guests, uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning. So, all what right. what set you down your musical road? Um, my older brother uh, was a uh, my youngest brother to me is eight years older than me, and then my older brother is a couple years older than him. So they were like teenagers when I was just kicking around, you know. So were were you uh, the proverbial oops baby? I, I I don't know if I was or not. That story has never made it back to me. <laughs> but uh, I do know that my brothers were cool though, like because you know teenage boys are pretty like they don't want to be babysitters, they don't want to be nurturers or anything. Like that. But my brothers always like wherever they went, they took me along. They didn't care. Maybe it was to pull pranks on me, use me to do things silly. Like, like <laughs> sounds pretty like, standard, but, uh, but they just, they loved having me around. I love being around them. My older brother, he played in a band and like, I would follow him around. Like, and I just, I could listen to that band play in the house or in a room in someone's house, like all day long. And I just knew then I wanted to play guitar, or do something in music. You know, I didn't know what, but <laughs> right. I, I just like because I, I love the drums, I love the bass, I love the guitars. I said, hey, maybe I'll be a jack of uh, half of these trades, a master of none of them, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's where it started for me. And then I, I really didn't start to learn how to play. I, I had a guitar from eight years old. My brother gave me my first guitar, and then uh, my mom got me another one and just had him, held him, bang around on him. But I didn't really start learning until I was probably about 12 or 13. And then. Uh, about 15 i was trying to like really get good and have put together a little band but you know nobody at 15 was either interested in music growing up in south florida it's a lot of you know rap music dance music right right you know, hard to find somebody who wants to play an instrument you know and then i i found somebody but he wasn't really getting it just that yet and uh we had walked to this music store and there was a sign saying uh country teen country band 
looking for 18 and under musicians. Um, we need guitar, we need this or whatever. And I was like, my friend was with me that day and he said, you need to talk to him. That guy has a band that which happened to be Shane Duncan at the time. No kidding. And uh, we, we became best friends and been together. You know, we played together many years and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I answered an ad in a local music store, um, knew three chords. He knew four. <laughs> you know, he was a much better drummer than he was a guitar player at the, at the time. At the time, right? At the time, yeah. He, he, he started off playing drums like he used to be that kid prodigy that would show up to band gigs and like play like wipeout and stuff and just tear it up right know? right and everybody loved him and then he, you know he wanted to be up front so he learned guitar learned vocals and then we kind of learned together like we knew the basic g c and d chords like i, I remember it's funny when we first started learning uh it'd be like alan jackson or travis Tritt at the time songs and then um if they had an a minor or something they just weren't in it when we played it was g c and d no matter what like there's a minor chord we left it out you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh if we just skipped over it because we all had all the hard chords you know like, we hadn't learned them yet and we both that what damned if that was gonna stop us from playing the songs sure. you know so uh oh but yeah i mean it got up to about that time and then you know the rest is history i mean i started we, everybody started getting better honing their craft doing different things and it's funny because i never wanted to be a country artist i was raised kind of around country people but my influences was like guns and roses metallica right right and my my only goal of answering this ad, I was just telling the story the other day. It's so funny, is because I just wanted to play in a band so bad, I didn't care what it was, right? You know, and I, I kind of I would laugh it off, and then I really fell in love with it, and I was like, wow, this might be who I am, and it took this situation to open my eyes to that. You know what I mean? Well, that's so crazy because I met you when you were performing with with Shane, so you yeah. came straight out of the gate, right? Playing music with Shane Duncan, which yeah, is wild, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So as a lefty, right um did did you start off with a left-handed guitar or did you start off no. on a right-handed guitar like no, every I, other lefty guitar on earth <laughs> i it's funny when i started taking lessons the guitar teacher says you got to learn right-handed you're gonna suffer if you try to stay left-handed now that you don't you don't know anything so i can teach you right-handed and he would tr try and the minute he'd leave i would spend 30 minutes restringing the guitar and relearning everything he taught me left-handed oh, and then the when he when he was coming back i'd restring the guitar <laughs> and, and he's like dude you're not getting any better but i really was just the other way right was, right you know <laughs> and uh but yeah and then and i would buy right-handed guitars and string them upside down kind of like a Jimi hendrix thing mm -hmm. And then uh, my mom bought me my first uh, left-handed, it was acoustic guitar, but I got a left-handed Fender acoustic. And then uh, it was actually Shane's dad helped me get my first uh, real good electric guitar. It was a left-handed Stratocaster, which I still have to this day. I've had it since I'm 15. Okay. Yeah, it's wow, a tobacco amazing. burst Stratocaster. And, uh, you know, like he paid for it and made me pay him back or whatever. You know, right, but, right. Uh, oh, that's nice. And, uh, yeah. It sounds like my Telecaster I've had since I was around the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and then once I got that, it was, like, all over. Like, you know, it's just. That's amazing. Emotions. Yeah. Well, so if that's the beginning uh, with Shane, did you guys strike out as Buck Wild, or were you no, something else before it kind of grew into that? Our, uh, he's probably going to kill me for this one, but uh, <laughs> are you listening, Shane? Yeah, but our uh, our first band name was High Country. Nice. That was the first band, <laughs> and then it became Shane Duncan and High Country, and then uh, there was a there was, we took a break from each other for a while, and Shane did um, Shane Duncan and the Hot Walker Band, which is very popular. You know, he just, um, the powers that be felt he was 
needed to be in front of more seasoned musicians. Mm -hmm. And Hot Walker Band at the time was a very seasoned, well-known band that were just mediocre in the vocals department. So they kind of put Shane in the front and just had this powerhouse band behind him. And that worked out really well for him for a long time. Definitely, definitely a, a yeah. front man, a yeah. showman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he always has been. So as long as I've known him. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, I, I did some shows with, um, I joined a band called common ground, which was again, a bunch of young guys. Um, and then I, uh, that kind of, did its thing, ran its course or whatever. And I went and played for another band called Southern Guns as a guitar player, male vocalist, because they had a female vocalist. Nice. So we were going to try to like monopolize with, well, I'll do the male song. She does the female songs. We could do some duets. Right. It's, like, it's a good thing to do. And uh, just never, it never, uh, things never worked out. I, I joined another band called Quick Draw, which is another good seasoned players of, you know, of around town. And, and that was kind of like my situation where Shane fronted the Hot Walker thing. I these guys kind of put me in front and they were very seasoned veteran players and that kind of groomed me for being frontman status and then it was there was a time frame where something happened with uh Shane's band it was this one gig I'll never forget it it was a gig down the keys I don't remember the name of the venue but I remember the situation where the gig was offered by an agent to Shane it was offered by an agent to me for whatever <laughs> reason his bandmates thought it wasn't worth it or, or his band put up a lot of resistance to go do the gig and then they gave it to me and at the last minute my bandmates put up a lot of resistance and didn't want to go do this gig. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, me and Shane being still best friends since we were teenagers, we learned how to play together. We were talking to like, why don't we do this gig, uh, me and you, I know we can get that drummer that you played with and I got this keyboard player that I played with and... We'll do this one gig just so we can do this gig. Right. Who who and, wants to really, who right. wants to turn down a gig down in the keys, really? Right. <laughs> and we wanted to, like, both of us as front men wanted to, like, spite our, our bandmates at this point. It's like, hey, like, where right. do you get off turning down a gig? You know, like, we're, this is not what we're about, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just so funny. Even on the way down there, we came up with the name Buck Wild. It was just, like, one of those things. We were just kind of like, just because the agent kept saying, we need a name, we need a name. Just tell him Buck Wild. We'll figure something better out later. You know? <laughs> and later never came. Later never came. And we both ended up dropping our, our bands that we had at the time and just sticking with that band that we played with at that one show. And that, that Buck Wild ran nine years after that. That's crazy. And, man. you know, got an independent record deal, made a CD, toured uh, the country. You know what I mean? Opened for some pretty good artists, Mark Wills, uh, you know, artists of that day, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there was Mark Wills, Terry Clark did shows with um, festivals that had Keith Urban and Tim McGraw on the bill. You know, I'm just great. So the Warren Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I played. I played a show with the Warren Brothers once. Those are once the upon coolest a time. guys. Super ever. cool dudes. I don't know what ever happened to them, but uh, just they were more on they the songwriting very, very cool. side now. They're Good just, for them. Yeah, you know they they and they even and here's the cool thing about Tim McGraw. A lot of people don't know. Like the, those guys were tight with him and uh, he, they wrote some of his songs and stuff like that. And Tim McGraw did that. You know, he was on this like, I'm going to be unique thing for this one year or two that was going on. Mm -hmm. So he was like one of the first artists to let his touring band, the Dance Hall Doctors, record an album, record the songs that they're going to play. Which you know had great songs on it. Red Ragtop, their, their yeah. cover of that Elton John song, Tiny Dancer. All that stuff was on that album. And the guitar player, Darren Smith, produced that album for him. So he got producing rights. You know, he got the, to play on the album. So, you know, he set his band up basically with that, which I thought was pretty cool. 
That is pretty neat. But he also, you know, took the Warren Brothers, who's, you know, their career as far as artists, they kind of got pulled and just went back down to songwriting. He took them on the road with them, too. And he do, he would do this VIP thing where it would be him, Tim McGraw, and the Warren Brothers playing an acoustic set for like 45 minutes to this <laughs> VIP room before he went and did his two-hour show for the auditorium. You know oh what God, I mean? Like a workhorse, man. Yeah, yeah. So and that was pretty cool. And again, because of my involvement with Darren and because of my involvement with the the rest of the dance hall doctors and and uh, doing some recordings with them, I was able to be a part of some of those things and just be around it. You know, it was it was awesome. It was awesome to watch, awesome to see. I got some good backstage tours, under the stage tours, and like to see what that kind of life is like. And it's just crazy. It's super cool. Well, yeah. yeah. So moving back to when you as Buck Wild cut your record, Darren Smith, yeah. the guitar player for Tim McGraw was very involved, very much involved oh, yeah. with he, that process. Tell me about working with him and, and uh, that whole process, cutting that record. We, which, which by the way, you guys heard a little bit of, if you were tuning in um, during the countdown. Darren is a, uh, just an amazing individual. He's a, a great guitar player, a great band. I mean, he's, he was with Tim from, I'd say he put, put 20, 25 years with him. He was with Tim from clubs to arenas nice you know and uh he's a songwriter as well a lot the, the title track of that Buckwild album so far so good was darren's song uh he wrote it with some other people but he's on that song um he really put our cd together as far as uh he was in the booth every day he um you know helped us work out our harmony parts he selected the musicians that played on it um he found jim lightman who i i told you earlier worked with dixie chicks taylor mm-hmm. swift all that you know to do the engineering portion of it. I mean, we really got for some nobodies who at that time didn't even have the independent record deal, had some pretty good heavy hitters on our CD and working on it from every aspect, from production to engineering to songwriting to the uh, studio musicians. It was just unbelievable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whenever you find somebody that that is so seasoned in that way and, and connected in that way, like, I, I imagine it's... I, pretty surreal experience it was just, just know what comes behind that you know yeah yes sir i mean it was amazing because also darren and tim being buddies for long, they owned a bar called the broken spoke on the outskirts <laughs> of nashville and uh they the band used to play there and it, it was a, the coolest thing is when we used to go back and forth to record from florida to there they would hold like a jam night it wasn't really a jam night but i guess it was like a rock star karaoke thing but it was mm-hmm. tim mcgraw's whole band the dance hall doctors would be there on like a Tuesday night or whatever, and anybody that wanted to can get up and sing with them. That's amazing. And and it, I know it aggravated Darren, but I I was a cover band for most of my life. I did Tim McGraw songs, and I was like, God, I just want to do two Tim McGraw songs with with his actual band right. on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> just so I can see what Tim hears in his ear. Like like uh-huh. I just wanted to feel what it felt like to play with the guys <laughs> that played every night. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. So I did something like Just to See You Smile and something like that, and it was just like. You wouldn't believe the chills I got from just hearing the music played like to perfection with it, with that. Unbelievable. You know? And he actually, again, this is another credit to Darren was uh, he let us, um, anytime we come to Nashville, we need to hold a showcase to try to get labels to come out and stuff. He would let us use his, his bar to do it at. Nice. You know, of course, I mean, it's good for them because people buy drinks or whatever. But, right, right. But at the same time, I mean, you have to pay for stuff like that. And he was like, no, just do it here. It's an off night. You pick a night where I don't have anybody scheduled and insurance for free. Don't worry about it. That's I clutch actually, in that town for sure. <laughs> I actually yeah. still have an amp that Darren gave me. Like uh, it was a, a 410 PV, PV Classic 50 410. 
Oh my gosh. And my amp had blown up right before the showcase. He goes, here, take this one. It was on my, uh, we did place in the sun tour. This was on, on the road with Tim, but you can have it. <laughs> you, you can have this. Yeah. This is, I'm done with this. You may have it now. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so if you ever want to give that amp away, you just I can't let, even get you, rid of it. Brother know. it let, truth be told, it doesn't work right now. It needs to be repaired. And I just, I just can't bring myself to get rid of it and I can't afford to repair it. So it's just like hanging you know? yeah. <laughs> because there are, there are things in this room that need repair, but I'm like, it's mm. just so sentimental to me. So I just, I, I just can't ever get rid of it. I've towed it around from Nashville to here to wherever else I've lived, you know? It's so awesome. So I, I met you originally with the Buck Wild Band, uh, you and Shane at the same time, and all the guys in the band. Um, I met you originally at the Uncle Mick's right Bar and Grill in in Jupiter, uh, and and I was I was wet behind the ears. That was a little conversation we had earlier. <laughs> this is this is the phrase of the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> would you care to elaborate what that means? Or uh, where it comes from? Would, would you care? So we'll we'll, like, we'll take a sidebar. Uh, so yeah, we did have a conversation about what I, I made that comment. And uh, I realized quickly how ignorant I am because I say it knowing what I meant by it, wet behind the ears. And uh, we were like, what does that actually mean? Where did that come from? So Jordan actually did the research. And how many out there have never heard that saying before? Yeah. You had never heard that? <laughs> no, I don't. Maybe I'm the only one. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Jordan you were wet behind the ears. Jordan. About wet <laughs> That's what he ears. said. He was like, "You might be wet behind the ears because you haven't heard that." So, what, it, what does it mean? What did we find out? Um, please hold. I'm just going to read. Um, you don't have it memorized? No. Well, oh I want to be very gosh. precise because I don't want to be wet behind the ears about wet behind the ears. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, it is the drying of amniotic fluid on a baby after birth, specifically a newborn farm animal, specifically, because um, behind the ears dry last and a mother licks to dry their baby uh, and, you know, behind the ears always gets missed. So it's still wet. And I guess that's where it comes from. So you're welcome. So we have farmers. We have farmers to uh, to thank for that. Yes, that for that lovely, lovely phrase of so, wisdom. Well, thank you, Jordan. You get an applause for that. Welcome. <laughs> Jordan is our tome of knowledge. Yes, thank you, Google Brain. Show. Thank you, Google Brain. <laughs> so back to uh, anyway. Uncle Mix when I was wet behind the ears. Um, back in the Brad Brock and the Renegades days. Uh, the first him. time I saw Buckwild perform, and we were talking about this off the camera earlier, but... Uh, I was completely blown away. The musicianship, the showmanship, and, and let me tell you, my 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 stepdad at the time was the uh, manager of our band, right. and he literally we that whole ride back to Port St. Lucie from Uncle Mix. All he did was talk about how I needed to be taking notes from you guys. <laughs> oh, that that's a show band. That's a show. He doesn't sound like that, but it's still funny. <laughs> Not at all. But he, he, he did. And he was like, and I think he may have even filmed you guys the next time we saw you out there. And, uh, and we had to watch it like football tape, you know, like, right. and, uh, and, but to my point, uh, you guys were next level, uh, superior caliber group um, during that time, you know, right. and, and to then see you at Uncle Mix, not to knock Uncle Mix, right. but you were by far the most entertaining group that ever rolled through that place. And it was a pleasure to to meet you and, and remain friends for all this time because that was going back quite quite a bit of time ago. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that was those were good times. And I, it's funny because I was just telling Jill this story was uh, 
because we're you know we work with some young bands too like nowadays it's kind of our thing and uh helping young musicians and stuff and i was just talking about i was explaining to jill how you know how we got that way with shane's dad really i mean shane's dad was a big elvis fan so obviously the colonel fan like you know tell you like it is kind of guy and we rehearsed in his house he had a pool table room you know there's drums pa you know the whole nine and we were there every day after school, every day, every day, every day. And then we had this little local gig, which is like the Pines Par 3. It was called the Caddyshack at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe held 80 people. And because this teenage band was there, we would get like 130 people in there. And that guy was happy to pay us $200 to split. But <laughs> I'm sure it, he was. And, but we were happy at that time to get it. And it, uh, and uh, But it kind of we started getting a little cocky, you know, because you know people see kids playing. It don't matter if it's good or it's horrible. They're screaming and cheering and loving you, right? You know, and and you know, teenage boys with a lot of you know ego running through their veins were like, we'd be at the house practicing, like we're the best, we're gonna kill this, and we'd call them in the room and tell them, hey, listen to this song we learned now. Wait, wait till they hear this this weekend, you know. And he'd be like, that sucked. (laughs) And I'd be like, it's like you need that voice of reason, right? But I'd be devastated, and, and and he'd be like. No, no, you guys, you guys ain't got this shit yet. You know, I, I, he just, you don't have it yet. And uh, me and Shane would look at each other, we get frustrated and like, ah, oh, whatever. And it, and we we couldn't understand why he said it. So like, it, you know, it, it would get to the point where one day we just had it out. Like, why do you keep telling us like when we're we know we're awesome and people are telling us that we're awesome and like you're just beating us down. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, and he goes, you honestly think people are going to come up to you that don't know you and tell you you suck? He says, those people are going to look you dead in your eye and tell you how awesome you are and get in their car and go, wow, that band was horrible. Yeah, at least uh, at least yeah. not to, not back then. Today, right. they'll, they'll yeah. throw yeah. tomatoes yeah, at you. Yeah, today, everybody, everybody's got too much of a voice. But, <laughs> yeah. but back, it was the, and it was true. Like, I, I don't have the heart to go tell somebody how horrible they are to this day. I'd be like, yeah, man, you sound great. And I'd be like, right. I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> and that really resonated with me. So now I... I and and I think that resonated with Shane and everybody in the band. And what happened was, was like we just like, no, we don't have. And we started really analyzing things and analyzing parts and vocal parts. And we would do, we probably did two rehearsals of full band and probably three rehearsals a week of vocal harmonies, it, with just an acoustic and just vocals till we nailed those vocals right. And if That's one awesome. person was off, we ran it again. And one person was off, we ran it again. As if we were getting paid to do it, but we weren't. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's how we treated it. Like it was like that serious. Because we never wanted to hear the word "you suck" again, you know. Right. I mean? Especially and, from 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 that kind of figure that yeah, you yeah. know, he you, 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 wasn't like some Joe Schmo telling you. It was, no, but it, it was Shane's like, dad. <laughs> as horrible as that sounds to a teenage boy, that you're 15 and someone just looks you in the face and tells you you suck, you're not you, you're not what you think you are. Like, I needed that though. Mm-hmm. I personally needed that. I know the rest of the band needed it too, but I can't speak for them. But I, I needed that because I was getting cocky, egotistical. I had long hair. I was young. I had like grown women falling all over me. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. I, it was like made in the shade. What do you mean? I suck. I got all this going on. And I'm like, when I would listen back to stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> you know, I need to tighten that up. Well, I'll tell you, you know? what, like that was clearly, um, <laughs> clearly good advice. And, and, and you guys taking it to heart that way. Because all of that was the culmination of what I got to see right. when I first right. met you. And By the time so you great. saw us, we had had our asses whipped quite a bit, <laughs> like about about how not good we were. Right, you know. <laughs> so um, after you guys cut the record, you did did a, a bunch of touring. We talked about some of the artists right. that you guys worked with uh, when. 
after that time or or during that time, you spent quite a bit of time in Nashville uh, over the next few years right. after that was all going. So tell me about your experience in the the Nashville grind. Uh, I, I actually it, it's a, such a unique experience to everybody that I talk to. It is, and it's probably unique to us. And I'll probably tell you a story you, you you're, you're going to be baffled by, right? Because I Perfect. was in Nashville for three years. You know, we got the record deal while we were still living in Florida. And uh, so that was it. It was sell everything, move to Nashville. I mean, our families moved everything to Nashville while we were on the road. We went on the road in Florida and came home in Nashville. That's I didn't wild. even see my house until I, I, I called home and said, I'm, 200, I'm about 150 miles outside of Nashville. Can I have the address? Where do I live? <laughs> right. And it was like that. You know, wow. I left Florida, my house, and came home to my house in Nashville. Awesome. Um, but then we got right to work. We did, uh, you know, the the record label that we had also had rehearsal studios. They they had their own like um, recording studios. So um, it was pretty cool. That guy, the guy's name was Rick Webb, who was the owner of the label and also a producer. Mm-hmm. He, um, I mean, he gave me a key to the studio, and and that was in the United Artist Towers, which unfortunately they just ripped down because yeah. it's so old. But I mean, I. I got in that studio, having, going, being able to go, come and go whenever I wanted to. And I, there was times I went there just to sit there and watch other people work. I mean, right. I was literally just it's like, inspiring. I'm in Nashville now. Like, this is what I dreamed about from Florida. And I'm here now and I'm going to sponge it up, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I've, and then uh, we we're, we're working on a CD that never came about. But uh, one of the songs did come about, and it was funny because Montgomery Gentry cut it. I cut it first. They cut it after me because they had more clout, of course. Uh, and they also had uh, you know, more ties. It, there was a song called Get Her Done, and it was for one of uh, Larry the Cable Guy's first movies. Right. And right. My, I remember my, that was kind of like his niche yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So my record label and the producer was like, I want you guys to record this. we got to get it out fast because I want to pitch it to him so maybe – you can, you know, because a lot of artists got their start doing soundtrack stuff and things mm-hmm. like that in nature. So, like, if we can get some kind of notoriety and whatever. So, they gave me the song and uh, we did record it. And oddly enough, you know, I was able to help choose musicians that got to play on that, that recording. And I got to, I said, I want Brett Mason playing guitar on it. I said, that's who I want. Only because, and a lot of people out there in, uh, YouTube land or Facebook land don't know who Brett Mason is. If you ever heard a country song, and you love the guitar riff, it's Brent Mason that's playing it. You right. know, he's the <laughs> studio guitar musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just wanted him on it just so I can hang out with him. I got, he's like, <laughs> I, got, I got to watch him play a song I was about to sing on. I got to talk shop with him. I got my picture taken with him a couple times. I was like, so I was fanboying it the whole time. <laughs> yep, you know? yep. but, uh, but I can't believe that he pulled it off too, because I mean, the, you know, Brent Mason's one of those guys that you know he gets paid pretty healthy mm-hmm. for a session. I mean, he works for Tim McGraw, uh, Alan Jackson, Toby Keith. You know, I was gonna say, yeah, the most notoriously, you got to be in the top five to is, have him on your records. Yeah, kinda, Brett Mason and all those signature Alan Jackson licks. Yeah, yeah. Them. I mean, Chattahoochee, that was him. Yeah, <laughs> too fun. Um, so, uh, so you you lived up there. You did some writing, recording, and, right. and all of that. And then eventually you made your way back down to Florida. Yeah, uh, I, it was unfortunate. We, we that- all retire back to Florida. so <laughs> Yeah, I, I felt like a New Yorker there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But I was legitimately born and raised in Florida. Hollywood, Florida, that's where I was born. Hey, man, natives are we're, we're few and far between these days. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it, it, the record label kind of had some legal issues. They were they were partners, and then they kind of went belly up. They weren't doing much with me or, or for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I guess with the original members of Buckwild kind of going different ways and me trying to just keep patching it up, patching it up, patching it up. Right. Um, it just wasn't working for me. I didn't have the drive to go out there and pound the pavement. Now, there's people that were involved with us. Uh, our merchandise guy, Johnny. He uh, he was out there hitting the bars every day, and he's gone on tour selling T-shirts for like you know all kinds of major artists. He's he's out in Nashville right now. No so like uh, you know, and that was you know thanks to us. But he had the drive that I didn't have at the time. Right, you know, turn into he, an empire. He would yeah. call me on the phone like, "You got to come hang out down here and just drink beer, and you never know who you're going to sit next to." And I'm like, "I just can't do it. I don't have it." And uh, while I was getting at why it was so funny because my Nashville story being unique, I never. I played maybe twice in Nashville in the three years that I lived there. I was oh, always shit. on the road. And when I came home, I just wanted to go hang out or relax. I never right. played. I played. I got uh, through some other friends. Um, my friend Terry Joe Stampley, who is uh, Joe Stampley's daughter from mm-hmm. the Joe and Mo Bandy thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was really tight with the owners of Tootsies and I just wanted to play Tootsies once in my life. So she got us up in the back room, the backstage. Now they're like three levels. They got honky tonk university. It's there. wild. Thing but they only had the front stage and the backstage and she pulled some strings and got buck wild on that backstage. And it, that was it for me. That's the only time I wanted to play there, to be honest. I, I, cause when I went there to study, like I, when I hit Broadway, it was like, I'm going up and down these bars and I'm watching every player. I'm seeing who's sitting in the room. I'm watching how everybody performs. Again, just it, it took the thing with my <laughs> with Shane's dad clicked, and it's mm-hmm. just like that followed me through my whole career. Is like I got to learn and learn yeah, and classes study. in session. Always be a student <laughs> of the game per se, yeah. like the the wrestling homage to Triple H. Yeah, know, yeah. of the game, you know. <laughs> Well, that's great. So you you, you came back and uh, and we you, you kind of alluded to the story a little bit um, off off camera. Um, you came back and Shane was had been filling in for the Rough Shop band, right. who was was in 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 so few words was was kind of remnants of the, yeah. the Brad Brock and the Renegades band, right? Correct. Because uh, I had gone off to to go to school, and uh, so. It was Dan Gentile, who's one of right. my best friends on earth and my oldest friend on the planet. Uh, Paul Kaysen, yeah. who was a, the bass player. And then, you know, it was just kind of like filtering players throughout. And I guess Shane was getting busy with his band. And so he referred you to Paul. Yeah. And Rough Shot is just kind of history at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul. You know, ba- Paul had seen us play before because we needed a fill-in bass player at a time. And so Paul came and checked us out at OC's down in Cutler Ridge, <laughs> old Cutler Oyster House. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, and then he had seen us at Davy Junction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about that was, like, so he knew of me, knew who I was, how I sounded. But, yeah, it was, it was crazy because Paul called me up and, and said, hey, you know, don't worry about finding work. The minute you get here, you're in the band. You don't have to audition. You don't have to worry about nothing. And right. uh, and I, that really stuck with me. And then, um, you know, when we 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 figured out that the uh, country just wasn't a big market down in South Florida like it used to be back in the like Buck Wild days be, yeah. and the Renegades. You know, yeah, there was rooms that you can do four or five nights a week in one room. You set up on a Tuesday, yeah. you're you're there till Saturday. And we would, and we would. It was yeah. great. <laughs> it was nice, you know, and. Uh, 
but now it's like one night here one night there and it's country only once a month and so i did some i did i joined rough shot right away and stuck did the the country shows that we had i put together a couple trio rock bands that i had auditioned for and like found just to keep fill my calendar up my goal was like i came back i didn't have a dime in my pocket i didn't have a job so i was searching for a day job but i need to i knew what i can do with a guitar and a microphone so i was right. like i i I just put together some trio rock stuff and I was having fun because now I'm not, I don't have to be strictly country anymore. Right, right. And because uh, it's more of a hobby and extra money at this point. I, uh, so yeah. And then I got to thinking that I didn't like the rock vibe and some of the musicians in the rock world. Right. I, have, I have no qualms <laughs> about saying it on this podcast. Sure. There's a lot of like egos and, and drug issues and just drama issues in general. I loved playing with Rough Shot, but we can only do two shows a month. I loved everybody in that band. Right. But I, I had to fill my calendar and make money. So at the point, I just finally, you know, me and Paul went to dinner. I forget what, how, how it came about. And I said, dude, we got to start learning some classic rock, some Southern rock, maybe even some pop, new popular music. Yeah, kind of expand your, yeah. your repertoire. I said, and your genres. I, said yeah. I said, I promise you, if you do this with me, our calendar is going to quadruple. And, and then I don't have to go play with these other things that I don't want to be doing that I'm just doing for money. Right. And uh, and he said, he said, sure, man. You know, because Paul, you know Paul as well as I do. He's a very generous guy, very like eager to do something cool. He wants to be on top, you know. Uh -huh. So it was like, uh, so we that's what we did. Uh, uh, we sat down and started revamping the van and we had to make some changes. There were people in the band that didn't want to do that. We had a, a drummer that, that didn't want to... Uh, you know, he was stuck on the classic country stuff. And then we got a new drummer. That drummer, per se, could also play guitar. So we moved him to guitar. And he, he just didn't want to move with the progression. He was set in his ways. So mm -hmm. we got another guitar player. And that and that worked out well. Um, we had a guy out of Palm Beach. His name was Kenny V. He's still a solo artist. Still does some band stuff. And he's a very talented guy. Mm -hmm. But he, he likes his solo stuff. So we were he played with us for like four years, but it just started to be more like he wanted to do more solo games. Right, and do his own thing, yeah. Great dude. You know, so we're like, okay, that's cool. And I came across Mike, who is our keyboard player now. And I always I always said again, not to be arrogant, but I'm like, I can play guitar. You know, I can play rhythm, I can play lead. So if you have to have a fourth member in this world that doesn't pay a lot of money to begin with i'd like it to be something different than a guitar right right exactly. yeah so i i just said i'd love to have a keyboard player because it opens it up so much because keyboards can do synth stuff that make different sounds they don't just make piano sounds and organs now right. they got horns they got brass they got, especially breaking into um yeah into that, that pop kind of pop stuff. world yeah, yeah. yeah i mean we do i mean rough shot to this day does everything from garth brooks to bruno mars to prince to lit so awesome. to three doors yeah. down yeah i mean i mean could you could you imagine like ever thinking that rough shot was doing like like three doors down and van halen we do van halen some nights and uh things like that metallica you so know? fun and we'll still do garth brooks and florida georgia line and you know darius rucker and all that stuff in the, in between you know? well that's the thing like i feel like some other bands that are that are in the same vein as you guys like 56 ace they are a similar breed. Right. I've uh, heard great things. I think yeah. I've seen them once and I, I remember being really impressed with them. Like I, I don't know any of the guys personally, but I, I did. I do. I think I was on a, it was a benefit or some multi-band venue mm -hmm. 
And I actually, because that's the only way I get to hear other bands pretty much, unless I'm at the Sneaky Tiki on <laughs> Sunday watching Brad Brock. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I do remember digging them. I, I, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, they get it. That's This is what you got to do. Yeah, you know and they're the mean? same, you know, same kind of deal. Like, they're, they're a country pop crossover right. band, and uh, definitely a good, good idea <laughs> mm-hmm. that you had there. Um, just got a couple more questions here, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get a little jam in. Yeah, right on. Um, so your drummer Bryce, right, uh, still performing with you guys, right? Yeah. So yeah. when Bryce first started the when I the very first time uh, I started coming out to see you guys to support Paul and you and and drummer Dan right. Gentile at the time who was jamming with you guys, uh, Bryce was very young and was just sitting in on a couple songs. He was eleven oh, when he first came it's around. Unbelievable. So I mean, I guess tell me about your experience watching him not only grow as a musician but as a as a person as a human being. Man, I tell you, it's been a it's kind of been a privilege because. You go back, you you know me from back when I was Bryce, you know? So right. it's like, uh, I never thought I would get that opportunity to be the guy that those guys were to me. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. You know, and I always wanted to do it better. I always wanted it, and I always wanted to do it better. And, and I think Bryce would tell you that if you, if you asked him. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I immediately, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go. It was a little iffy at first you know uh, and uh but you know he always proved himself every day every time i think god it's like it needs to dial he needs to dial this in he would dial this in and then some you know he would dial that Let's in take and it to plus the next 10. level yeah you know and then that's how it started with him he started to come around and do three or four songs and then four songs turned into six and then six songs turned into a whole set mm-hmm. and this was the time that we had the other the, the other drummer who also played guitar. And then we had another guitar player that was leaving the band anyway. So we said, hey, you know, this kid's learned all the songs. So we're <laughs> going like to put you on guitar. Molded and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, so we're going to put you on guitar. You're, he, the guy also sang. So I said, you can g- be a second vocal and, you know, give me some relief sometimes. And uh, we're going to put him on drums. And again, the kid, you know, he just, he's a prodigy. I mean, and I, I don't want to say that anybody can learn stuff because there's a thing there's a difference between learning and just having god-given ability right you know what i mean and bryce will tell you that bryce has done you know he's wanted to play bass he's wanted to play like he did saxophone for a little while but it always came back to the drums because that's just like he does it in his sleep it's his natural ability and he's also you know very passionate about uh sound audio recording uh live live mixing and he's a phenomenal sound person. Like, I mean, he's every bit as good, if not maybe even a little better at the mixing board that he is behind the drums. And he's phenomenal behind the drums. So, Unbelievable. That's awesome, man. Know? And I've never played with anybody uh, on drums as good since Mark Kirkendall, which was the Buck Wild drummer. Right. <laughs> I mean, That's that guy. That big guy. shoes to fill. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, and it actually gave me that, that, that oomph. You know, like, like you hit a lull and then you need an oomph. Yeah. Like it, yeah, he he definitely gave me that oomph again. You know, breath of fresh air. Yeah, so to say, because he's a heavy hitter. I, I don't know. Most people don't pay attention to the drums as much, but I, for me, if the the drums have to, I need a heavy hitter. Somebody's energetic, and I I need that uh, that rhythm section just to be solid, so I can lay down what I do, the lead guitar and the lead vocals and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can't play with a. I hate. 
politically correct, politically correct. <laughs> I want to say limp wrist drummer, but I won't say that, even though I just did. I, I can't play with a soft hitter drummer. Like right. you know, I have to have somebody that's how the drums come across is how I perform. So right. if, if, if you're, there's no energy, yeah, if the drums to... are phoning it in, I'm phoning it in. But yeah. if the drums are large and in charge, then I'm large and in charge, and that's how it is. It's awesome. Know? Oh, I mean, yeah, I remember seeing him in the beginning yeah. and then we've seen him even recently in the last couple of years. And I was like, man, this kid is, but just he's a phenomenal person level. too. Like, like I said, he's just very, uh, very articulate, very educated. Um, you know, just, uh, just a good, good man that he's become like, awesome. he's doing, uh, he studied neuroscience in college. He graduated. <laughs> he's doing, he's basically, I think he refers to his job as a chiropractor of the brain. He's doing like, uh, I, I don't want to misquote it, but I believe it's counseling for like um, addicts mm -hmm. and stuff um, right now. And he's, he's really advancing with that job. Like Good they're looking to make him management or move him around to different places or whatever have you. Wow. That's so, so cool. Good for him. And we're gonna have to get we'll have to get the whole band in here yeah. one of these days. It'll be fun and catch up because that it would be between the four guys. There's four crazy different stories. It's amazing. Know, so. <laughs> well, last question in this segment uh, of the interview: um, Are you still writing? Is there perhaps a Jason Ambrose or Roughshot album on the horizon? You know, I I've been itching to write, and it comes and goes. And I'm sure you you get these feelings sometimes too, All like the someday. Time. Yeah. <laughs> It, sometimes they come and go as fast as they come and sometimes they just linger around like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do uh -huh. this um but i uh recently i recently been thinking about it again a little more because now my, my life was uh it took a little roller coaster win in the last couple of years mm -hmm. but uh now it's leveled out and it's really freaking amazing so <laughs> I'm really in a good place mentally, physically. I can I can relate absolutely emotionally uh, with my family and everything I got going on. So I I want to say I want to get back into writing a little bit. I think I got a little bit to talk about, a little bit to put a paper and to put to recording. And awesome. I, and I have some resources too. I have some friends that have some studios. They're like, dude, don't worry about money. Just come down here and you can plug away until the sun comes up you know? always incredibly helpful yeah <laughs> well very very cool man and uh we'll definitely talk a little bit more but uh that was all my all my tough questions to ask you <laughs> right on i and, appreciate uh, it thank you yeah man now do you have the easy ones yeah the easy ones are, are, oh. are coming <laughs> oh they're coming up next <laughs> well you guys uh you know we come here for the cocktails and i know that you all tune in for the jams and hopefully are having some cocktails out there as well. So we're going to do that for you. But up next, we're going to get a midweek motivation with leadership coach Tony Espinosa. But first, let's get our first jam of the night here. What do you say, Jason? You ready to do it to it? Sure, man. Why not? Right? <laughs> I got this. <laughs> All right, you guys. Give it up for Jason Ambrose. Thank you so much. <laughs> you got me over there, Brad. I there do. There it is. <laughs> I'm not trying to walk home, so I'm just going to go with this uh, request in the room here. Uh, always good to fill those requests. I used to spend my nights out. Barroom Liquor Was the only love I know 
Well, then you rest me from reaching for the bottom. Probably too far gone. You're a smooth Tennessee whiskey. Your sweet strawberry wine, girl, your warm glass brandy. I stay stone on your love all the Girl, I look for love in all the same old places Found the bottom of the bottom was always dry When you pulled out your heart, girl, I didn't waste it Cause there's nothing like your love that gets me high You always Tennessee whiskey, your sweet strawberry wine, your warm brandy. I stand stone on your love all the time. You is Tennessee whiskey, your sweet strawberry wine, your warm glass brandy. I stand stone on your love all the time. You're smooth. Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty common request these days. Well yeah. done, Jill. <laughs> nice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> Couldn't have wrote it better myself. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So good. Well, you guys, uh, each week, Tony gives us what we need to get through our week. So grab a pen and take some notes. This is your midweek motivation. Brad 
Brock.com. How you doing, my friend? Jams and Cocktails Wednesday. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's staying focused. Hope everyone's working at what they're supposed to be working on to get where they're trying to go. And that's my point today. Um, right now, I'm living it. I am living. I am sleeping in hotels. I'm moving from city to city. I'm doing what I have to do to get where I want to be. Um, you have to have faith in the process. You have to have passion about what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. Nobody great, nobody on top, nobody that's living their dream and doing what they want to be doing and becoming the person that they're supposed to become did it on accident and it did not happen overnight. You have to put in the work, you have to put in the sweat, you have to be focused, intentional, and you have to be passionate. You have to be patient. You need to sacrifice whatever it is to get where you want to go. Look, the bigger the dream, the bigger the goal, the bigger the sacrifice. I'm sacrificed right now. I'm sacrificed being at my home. I'm sacrificed being with my girl, my pets, the people I love, hanging out in the cantina, sleeping in my own bed. I'm doing that because I know it's what I have to do to get where I'm trying to get. I need to go through the process. I have faith in the process. I know it's going to work. Why? Because the people I've surrounded myself with are doing it. They've done it. They're, I'm where they were three years ago. So surround yourself with people doing what you want to be doing. Follow their process. The path is already there. The trail has already been blazed. You're not putting a flag anywhere. Just have faith in the process. Have faith in yourself. Be passionate about what you're trying to be doing and you will get there. Do not give up at the first sign of adversity. Do not give up on the obstacles that get in your way. Those are learning and growing moments. They're going to be there. You have to go through it. Have faith in the process. You'll become who you're supposed to become. Get out there. Show the world you're awesome. Be you. Don't be afraid. Let the haters hate. Let the skeptics be skeptic and show them. Use that as your fuel to become where you're trying to be. Family, friends, anyone putting you down, prove them wrong. Don't let that negative attitude. They just know that you're doing something great. You're changing. You're climbing that mountain. Your train is moving and they know that they're going to get left behind. So have faith in the process. Be consistent. Be intentional. And you're going to get where you want to be. Have a great week. Brad Brock, I love you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yay, Tony. Look how strapping he looks in that suit. I know. He pumped me up. He's out of town on a uh, on that business trip, so he's uh, he's looking looking sharp. But uh, but he's right, you know. It's it's all about being an intentional, and he harps on that a lot. And that's something that really sits sits with me uh, is being intentional about the things that you do, and and being patient, and and not giving up at the first sign of adversity. You know, you want you want to reach a goal, you gotta you gotta put your mind to it and get through it. So. Even if it's as simple as putting your mind to getting through the rest of this week and doing a good job at your job and and doing all of that, uh, very very important. Are you talking to me, sir? Yes, directly to you. In fact, figured as much. (laughs) Well, you guys, if you are looking for more motivation and need some guidance to get to the next level of your life, professionally or personally, reach out to Tony Espinosa at tonyespinosaleadership.com, or you can search him out on social media and connect with him. Uh, coming up, we'll play an interactive round of Name That Tune. In the meantime, what? another tune from Jason, perhaps? <laughs> sure, man. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> put, put, we're putting you to work tonight. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I don't mind. 
see you. Just like live. You know? <laughs> well, since we're doing vintage and throwbacks, man, maybe I'll do one of those Buck Wild songs. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. Do. Right here on the podcast. my walking shoes ain't nothing you can do no way to change how i feel gave on hand and tried got sick of fighting turning this mountain to an old ain't hill i'm getting over here oh now now i'm getting over here Burn through another town, got the hammer down, 200 miles back to Tennessee. You had your last chance, we danced our last dance. It's time I end this memory. I'm getting over you. I'm getting over you You had plenty of time Girl, change my mind So I'm getting over you Over you Girl, change my mind So I'm getting over you Oh, now, now I'm getting over you Over you Over you That was uh, was that the that was the first song on the on the countdown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, sir. Oh man! So remind us again uh, how old you were when you wrote that song. I was teetering between sixteen and seventeen years old. This was before a lot of technology. So I honestly, like I was saying earlier, I wrote that on a notepad like everybody does. (laughs) And my only way of getting it to look somewhat professional or for copyright reasons was to use a typewriter. Typewriter. (laughs) And I typed it up on a typewriter. It's fun, but I I had mentioned earlier that like that those songs kind of uh, they carry on. Like you did a very good job. Not that you could even fathom what was coming in the next twenty years or whatever. But uh, songs that really uh, love songs or, you know, unless you're saying, you know, I'm going to 
text you or whatever the right, case is. Right, you know, right, right. I find like a lot of modern songs that talk about right. that is going to be completely obsolete. Forget you, girl. I'm gonna put you in my TikTok. Watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so slip you into my DMs. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like people are, are creating music anymore that's uh, particularly has any kind of particular longevity. Uh, I think they're just trying to make yeah. a hit right now and, and be done with it. What I love about my youngin over there, right there, she'll tell you to this day, she's like, we joke about all the time. I said, I found out why your generation is so angry. It's because your music sucks. And she goes, I agree. <laughs> well, she goes, I agree. Awesome. <laughs> At least you agree. You I'm, raised her right. Don't, don't, not to knock it. There, there, is, uh, there is great music out there. It's just not what you're hearing on the radio. Yeah, right, right, You got right. to kind of dig for it. It's these obscure, days. right? It's like Spotify or yeah. like underground. So it's out there. It exists. Uh, that's where my music is. So go yeah. find it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, moving on to the next segment here, uh, we'd like to invite all of you tuning in to play the game with us tonight. So after you hear the clues, you're going to give us the song name and the artist name in the chats of the comments. So we'll be writing our guesses down on the boards here in the lounge. And of course, at the end of the game, we'll draw a raffle winner out of the participants for something fun. So, uh, what do you say, guys? You want to play Name That Tune? Can't wait. <laughs> Yay. Woo! Or as I like mm-hmm. to call it, not having to switch cameras anymore. Ah. <laughs> Brad, do you remember this one? One time for the rodeo. Oh, no. <laughs> How many times will we hear that? And the band's up next. Yep. Where, is is Bobby tuning in tonight? <laughs> Too funny. We love you, Bobby. Oh man! Well, you guys, uh, tonight's category is country vocal groups. I did not see that coming. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> wow! No, you act like we never have a theme or anything. Watch here. me Ever. flunk this. Oh, Jill's feel, feeling confident over there. Did you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this runs the gamut. Um, we're we're running from early country stuff to to stuff that you had uh, that you hear recently so oh boy <laughs> running the gamut are you guys ready to play i don't think there's been a genre i was ready for yet <laughs> uh, I, i'm just glad i don't have to i don't have to guess i'm just playing the game or being the host of it all right first clue country vocal groups remember you guys at home um oh it's groups groups yeah so uh, you are basically at home. Paul Robertson from Drums and Rum says, can I phone a friend? <laughs> uh, I don't care what you do. Just don't Google it. That's not fair. But we are. You are basically our stopwatch. So as soon as somebody puts a correct answer in uh, the chats, wherever you're watching, um, we stop writing and uh, then we show our answers. Hey, Scott, give us some time before you answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, I just got to know, though, for country music preference, are you like a solo guy or are you into the group thing? Uh, you know, I, uh, <laughs> the more, the merrier <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> yeah. It was a comment. It was a question. Was it? The where? chat. Where? Who no, said that? Oh, listen, you guys are, <laughs> we double got you. Listen, I'm trying to <laughs> that work. Was group. <laughs> try- this is my day job over here. I'm trying to work. You guys distracting me. Uh, <laughs> All right. So first clue. Easy. This is a pretty easy That's one. That's what she said. <laughs> here we go. I'm in a hurry to get things done away. Oh my god. I thought that was a pretty easy one. Here it is one more time for you guys listening at home. I'm in a hurry to get things done away. 
waiting on those comments to come in. Uh, Ashley, it's not Brooks and Dunn, Aww. but Paul Kaysen just chimed in with Alabama. Give me this. That's the correct artist, but we need the name of the song. Here it is one more time. I'm in a hurry to get things done away. Uh, a hint for the faint of heart. Uh, if you listen really closely, you forget the name of the song. So. All right, well, we'll go with it. <laughs> is everybody get done with their guesses here in the studio? Kevin McLaughlin says Alabama. It is Alabama. That is correct. Anybody got the name of the song? Uh, uh-huh. All right. You got Alabama as well. Anybody get the name of the song? I put Get Things Done. I'm Brooks in a hurry. <laughs> I'm in, I put in a hurry. <laughs> uh, Derek, you are the closest one. Ashley just- chimed in with I'm in a hurry. Uh-huh. Alabama, that is correct. Well done. What did you get over there, Jill? I didn't get to see yours. What was it? <laughs> oh, no. They sound Ooh. the same. Not Brooks and Dunn. You know why I know what's funny about this is I should be disqualified because Roughshot does this song and she lives with me. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Gosh. All right, we feel better. <laughs> this is how much attention I get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Yeah, do your, do your singing thing. Next clue. <laughs> Here we go. Got this one. Ah, I figured I'd bring it into the 21st century. Here it is. One more time for you guys at home. This is a short clue. I wake up and teardrops. Yes, Ashley, it is Rascal Flats. Give us the name of the song. Linda also uh, said, I'm in a hurry, Alabama. So it must be a little bit of a, seems like there's a little bit of a lag on one of the pages. That's okay. We are looking for the name of this song. I wake up and teardrops. All right, Ashley got it with uh-huh. These Days by Rascal Flats. Let's see those cards, you guys, holding up to your cameras. Rascal Flats, Rascal Flats these days. Nice. Well done, Rascal Flats these days. Rascal Flats, no, no names of the songs for I you don't guys. Know huh? names. I was brain farting. I went through like every song <laughs> of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't she the one that said, "Oh, I got this one." Yeah. This oh, it's so funny. Thing. Scott Benj just chimed swiftly, in on I YouTube and you. said, uh, said "Brain fart." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got this. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass anyone. Uh, yeah, very quick to. Uh, I'm on this. All right, next clue. Okay, so Scott. Yep. Anyone else? I saw heard Linda. Yep, Scott, Linda. And then I have the other uh, <laughs> the, the, the usual suspects. Yes. Kevin McLaughlin, Ashley. And Paul. Paul. Yep. Okay. Giamatti. Groovy. Groovy. All right, next clue. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me. I'm oh, that's new. a trick one, Brad. You know uh, why. It is. I know why. You know why. So it's... It's the original. Yeah. I will. I will say oh. that. I'll put that out there. Here it is. One more time. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me. You know who's gonna get that is Paul. Yeah. I guarantee you. Well, I know. For yeah, it. he already did. <laughs> All right, Paul. Now, when when Paul was playing in my band, um, we we covered this tune by Eric Featherly. Yeah, Featherly, Heatherly, Heatherly, and. Uh, that's how I know it. So let me get the original. Scott says, uh, Scott Benjamin on YouTube says, Oak Ridge Boys. That's who I thought it was, but that is incorrect. 
but it is it in the it's in the same realm of time uh so we are looking for the artist i won't change my answer not the oakridge boys uh he asked if it was in pulp fiction i'm not sure it sounds like something that would have been in pulp fiction not the oakridge boys all right what, what do you guys have here in the studio I'd like to explain mine. <laughs> Some old dudes <laughs> counting flowers on the wall. <laughs> Not the Oak Ridge voice. Well done. Ah, Thank good you. job. Help. <laughs> All right, uh, Jordan, explain yours okay, here. Okay, so I thought maybe it was like an old version because right where it cut off, I thought it would say, You were correct. Wake up, little Susie. And then it said Gilligan's Island because it sounds like the theme song to Gilligan's Island, people. What were we talking about? Jordy, Jordy you've been hitting that fireball right there. Like, there was nothing about Gilligan's Island. Well, it sounds song. like the group that sings the Gilligan's Island theme song. Oh, oh I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. See where I'm going with that? I see. You Maybe now. I should hit the fireball. That's a wall. Oh, but Paul came in with the wind. It is the Statler Brothers. Oh, Statler okay. Brothers. Oh, Paul is my Bobby. music encyclopedia. Right. He's a good one to have. Scott Benj also with the Statler Brothers. He is oh. Scott Benj is, is our reigning champion for uh, name that tune currently. Uh, Paul is pulling up a second, a close second here. He might even surpass it. He is. <laughs> All right. Next clue. You guys ready? No. Redemption. 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 <laughs> Here we go. Can I stay with you a while? Cause this road's been putting miles. Again, bringing it into the 21st century. I'm just going to play it again because I like to hear it. Can I stay with you a while? Cause this road's there is nothing better. Miles. Yeah, he is an angel. Don't give, don't give away clues, Jordan. But we do like to go see him anytime <laughs> he's in town. Yes. Really, really worth it. Flawless. Jill, you'll love him. It's another bearded guy, by the way. <laughs> All right, Scott. It is the Zach Brown band, but we're looking for the I name love of the those song. Guys too. Looking for the name of the song as well. He says he, he, Scott says no idea on the song. Oh, Scott. I know. Oh, I don't either. I know. Oh, goodness. It's always fun to like put together the the sound bites because I always want to like I always wanted to hit on the hook. Right. But I'm like, oh, it'll give it away every time. But you see how they say they know the artist, right? Yeah. That's another lesson, if we got a second here, that yeah. I learned early in, in life is like, you have to sound original. And yes. I do that even with my covers. Like, I'll do, like, say, You Shook Me All Night Long. And I sing it in my voice. Right. And some people take offense to that. Some people say that's cool. They're like, I'm not trying to sound like anybody. Somebody else already made a million dollars to sound like they sound to make that. I'm playing yeah. to you guys because I like the song and you guys like the song. Absolutely. I'm how I sing it. It's so funny. I just had a conversation yeah, with Kevin McLaughlin, who's tuning in tonight, another uh, local musician around right, town. Right. I've seen some stuff. And um, we just had a phone conversation just a couple of days ago. And uh, he had recently come out to see my show for the first time. We've been friends for ages, but coming out to see my one man band show. Um, and he was like, the spin that you put on the songs is so yeah, different and your own and original. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, if I wanted to be a jukebox, I would have a quarter slot. Like, right. <laughs> <not>, jukebox <laughs> even take quarter slots anymore? I don't even think they do. <laughs> the one compliment uh, no, I never wanted was you sound exactly like the artist. Like, but, I, I, yeah, like, I, I just don't. It's kinda, yeah, it sounds terrible. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, wait, I did. I must have did something wrong. I didn't put me enough of me. <laughs> Honestly, on the only time I ever get that is when people compare when they say, you know, who you sound like you sound just like Cat Stevens. And I'm like, you know, I'll take that. I'll take. But that. he doesn't sing Cat Stevens. Right. Yes, I do. Not much. Yeah, I do a few songs. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ashley, 
Morales got it with Sweet Annie. Let's see those cards, though. Hold those up for the camera. Oh, man. Zach Brown. Zach Brown. They're going to take, they're gonna take my card away in Nashville because I thought it was called oh, like colder weather. No, oh, no. But, uh, but Jordan got it too. as well. Yeah. Uh, not Brad Brock and the Renegades. That is correct. In fact. See? Jordan, you totally redeemed yourself. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Scott, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a shout out to you. Scott Bench says, I love your version of Friend of the Devil. It is a great tune. Oh. I, can't, I can't take 100% credit for that. The Counting Crows did a version of Friend of the Devil. So mine is, is more of a take on their version of it than of the Grateful Dead. Confessions. So, no, really. If you want to check out a great version of Friend of the Devil, check out the Counting Crows version. It's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Or That's the a whole Brock other show. Yeah. We could do like Confessions of Brad Brock. Uh, and also to your <laughs> yeah. question, Scott Benj, the name of the Statler song was Flowers on the Wall. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Paul says the ice cream song. Paul, it was one of my original, it wasn't the ice cream song. I think it was called Summer Love. Uh, it was a song that I wrote back in the renegades days but there was a line in it about eating ice cream on the back of my truck and uh so from then on and forever (laughs) it was known the ice cream song i remember that that truck (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) anyway wow um (laughs) anyway scott says counting crows was inspired by the slow version by the dead so man it just keeps going round and round there's All right, some knowledgeable people out there. I know, man. I love this group that tunes in. You guys are amazing. Um, I have one more clue for you. This was like a guilty pleasure song for me. In fact, this band, I, I, they're still around. They're still touring. They're still doing their thing. Um, but when I, when I think back on like growing up, listening to country music on the radio, uh, this is a band that just is quintessential to me. Like I, I love everything they ever did. Here we go. So I pray this time. Like I could literally sit here and listen to that whole song right now. So I pray this time. They had so many hits. Great group. Yeah, they were kind of a crossover group too. They weren't. Yeah, they, they weren't one hundred percent country. But they the, started this whole thing with like where Rascal Flats is to now wouldn't be without them. Yes, I don't say it because I'm going to be waiting for comments. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you're you're absolutely right. They were definitely like a a trailblazing trailblazing group back, which in the is 90s what Buck Wild wanted to do. I mean, our goal at that point because we, we once we realized that our keyboard player Vernon Roop, who cheap plug. The Seven Bridges Experience. <laughs> right. uh, he's, t- he's doing like an Eagles tribute band mm-hmm. now. He's doing really well with it. They have their own bus, their own production, their own everything. Um, when we realized that he can hit some high notes and I can sing the third above and Shane was piping the leads out, that was our goal. It was to be – we didn't want to be like just a band. We wanted to do like that vocal group thing. Right. And be known for the harmonies as well as the live performance. Absolutely. Like, you know, because some people had the vocal, some people had the performance. And our goal was just always to be like, we're going to give them everything. We want that Garth Brooks performance with that, like, a vocal group, you know, vocals in your face, harmonies all the time. Yeah. You know? I love it. I'm going to play it one more time. Uh, we had some really fun comments. I want to read them a second. So I pray this time. Paul, by the way, got the band name. It is Restless Heart. 
Yeah, I got that too. I, I still don't know the song by that much of a clip, but I that's what I had to say. Yep, oh, Restless nice. Heart. You got it. Good anybody job. else? Anybody else get the answer? Nope. No, nope. wet behind the ears. I put, yep. Oh, wet behind the ears. I put Pray All the Time by Bradley's fave old country group band. <laughs> oh, way to uh way to <laughs> listen to information and then regurgitate it. Thank you. I'm so very good pray, at that. Lone Star. Oh, not Lone Star, but another great group. Uh Paul also got it when she cries. That is correct. Uh so Why well do done. You pray when she cries? Ashley said when she cries. Yeah. Uh, and they were so that? underrated too. Like when you think about vocal groups, it's all all you'll ever hear is Alabama, Diamond Rio, right? Or Rascal Flatts. Yep. Nobody ever says Wrestle Heart, and Wrestle Heart is the one that per, like pioneered it. They were the first one. They were so great. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin McLaughlin said, it ain't country if the guitar has chorus on it. <laughs> oh, there was a time where it was. That was the only I, way it was. I country. Know. Like the late 80s, early that 90s. That PV sounds. stereo chorus 212 was the amp of choice for everybody. Yes. yes. Oh, well, that has been our game. Name that tune. Well done, you guys. It was a tough one. It was a t- it was tough. It was. I, I never tough. realized how tough it is um, because I I creating it. Yeah, yeah. Every week he's like, "These are so easy." I never say that. I say some of them are difficult. Okay, but yeah. And then he's like, oh, I made it. So, yeah, I picked them out. <laughs> well, what do you say we draw oh. for a raffle drawing? Yeah. What is oh, see, I remember this week. I was going to, I know, I was just going to remind you. I thought you were moving on. I was like, wait. Always wait, moving. In fact, wait, I even, I even made it a point wait. to make a note in my notes to so like wow. do the raffle draw. I didn't make the notes. I didn't. I didn't. You, oh, you just made a note for the notes. I made a note make to make the, the note. notes and I never made the notes. Oh, wow. See how that works? Perfect. All right. How many numbers? Anything or how, many, helps. how many people we have to participate this week? Only five. Oh, that narrows it down, though. I know. Narrows it down. All right. Well, Jason, would you yes. do us the honors? Give us a number one to five. Oh, I'm going to go because I kind of play right down the middle. I'm going to go with three. Three? Who, nice. who we got there, Jordan? Kevin. Kevin McLaughlin. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yay, yay. All right, Kevin. You know the drill. We got uh we got some some fun fun prizes for you. So you just let me know what you like, whether it's hot sauce or more koozies or uh, a really cool pink guitar necklace. Pink. Hot <laughs> uh, pink. And I think we're getting some keychains done this week. So Ooh. A pink guitar necklace. Yeah, is the necklace that? pink or is the guitar pink? Guitar pick is guitar pink. pick is yeah pink. yeah yes. indeed Beautiful. I like it indeed well <laughs> coming up next pink. you guys uh, we will be putting Jason on the hot seat inside Ooh. the Lipton tea oh Raggy dun 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 <laughs> oh I need that. hot seat I need that uh I need that sound bite <laughs> if we're gonna work on that yeah <laughs> oh Raggy yep um but uh, before uh. Before we do that, what do you say for another song here, Jason? Hey, man. You feeling it? I can do whatever you want me to do twice on Sunday. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Kevin wants the hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauce. All right, Kevin, you got it. Write that down, Jordan, so okay. I know what to send him. Got and uh, just if any of you are waiting on on prizes, they are going out this week. So uh, I try to send them all out at the same time to really piss off my, uh, my mailman. All right, you guys, give it up once again for Jason Ambrose. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to do this like like I'm live in special dedication. I'm sure he may be watching. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's going to pick it up later on YouTube or whatever have you. 
One of Roughshod's biggest fan, Mike Roberts, loves this song. So, Mike Roberts, if you're paying attention, here you go. I see me and you riding like Bonnie and Clyde, doing 95 and now down to 125, yeah. Searching for the law while I push my love. I see you ride a shotgun like it ain't no thing Turn the radio up so the girl can sing right Pull into the party like y'all, what's up? Tonight it's bottoms up Up, it on down Rock this quiet little country town Get up, drop a ticket on the truck Find a keg and fill your cup Up, throw it on back Pretty little mama looking at you like that If you want to slide on in like girls so Tonight it's bottoms up Get them up Tonight it's bottoms up Get them up Damn, I got to tip my hat Never thought a country song would make you move like that It's just doing it in daisy dudes she got to tapping on your boy's shoulder Dog, check this out This is how them girls do it in the dirty south, yeah She'll have it on her knee, can I marry you? Tonight it's bottoms up, up Throw it on down Rock this quiet little country town Get up, drop a tailgate on the truck Find a keg and pick up Oh, throw it on back Pretty little mama looking at you like that If you want to slide on in like girl So tonight it's bottoms up Get them up Tonight it's bottoms up Get them up yeah. This is where we need a Brad Brock solo right here Raise your hand for the good times Everybody get your drinks up high Everybody's feeling alright Alright Tonight is bottoms up yeah. Throw it on down Rock this quiet little country town Get up Drop the tailgate on the trail Find a keg and feed Oh, Throw it on back Pretty little mama looking at you like that If you want to slide on in like girl, so Tonight it's bottoms up Oh, throw it on down Rock this quiet little country town Get up, drop a ticket on the truck Find a kid and pick up Oh, throw it on back Pretty little mama looking at you like that If you want to slide on in like girl, so Tonight is bottoms up, get them up. Tonight is bottoms up, get them up. Bottoms up. I was going to say bottoms, bottoms up. up. <laughs> Subliminal message here. Right? It's funny, I... I, I think I finally tapped the keg. We 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 just recently added draft beer to the to the lounge here, 
And I think it, I think I did it. I have another one in the fridge. Jill was checking that out. Already. She's like, does he have a freaking cake? <laughs> yes, sir. Like, literally, like, is it cold? Does it work? <laughs> What's going on there? Yes, it, yes, it does. It's funny. I they're they're actually pretty they're usually pretty expensive and i was like yeah, it'd be kind of a cool addition to to have just to the lounge yeah, you no know doubt. and that's, uh that's so i was like let me see what they have on marketplace and uh <laughs> sure enough there was some guy was selling it for 40 bucks and i was like well shut up and take my money that's right <laughs> so, when and how do i mean yeah, and i was like i was like i like heineken enough i know that that's pretty common to get the mini keg for heineken so right. i was like let's do it um so yeah, I know we've been uh, we've been talking quite a bit about about Buck Wild. I have a photograph here. Oh boy, Ooh. here we go. Yep, yep. This there. is gonna be so nineties. <laughs> oh, oh my god, you guys are. Yeah, just, what will you look like? You guys are just full on babies. So here, I'm gonna pull it up here real quick. <laughs> it's so good. It's I was so literally cool. half my age, probably, in these pictures. <laughs> uh, let's see if it pops up here. Oh, it's not coming up. Oh. Wow, y'all look great. For shade. <laughs> Such great tans in this picture. We were trying to be more artistic. We want you to really think about it. <laughs> think about what we look like. No, I'm not, I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. There's no way Brad's let me get away with this. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> I could probably I could do this. I have the power. You can do What's it. really bad is I'm already cringing because I can see it in the reflection behind <laughs> you. <laughs> you know what photo it is? Here it, it is. is. It is cringe worthy, as the kids say these days. Oh. <laughs> cringe. There it is. So we see see if oh you can pick my. out which one is hey, Jason. But you want to laugh? That's at the Broken Spoke in Nashville. That was Darren Smith's bar. Tim yeah. McGraw. And that's oh. what that's our bass player at the time was Scotty Gibbs. He's a very talented bass player. Yep. And uh, that's Donnie Lastella, who who really you know he was with us for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, on drums. You know Donnie's doing some uh, other things. He has some family things he preferred to do, but he's a phenomenal. Dirt. That that's our keyboard player next to me there, who is Vernon Roop, who like I said is with the uh, Seven Bridges Ultimate Eagles Experience, who's like making mad money over this. I'm kind of jealous. He's touring all over the crowd. They bought their own bus, their own sound production. I mean, these guys are killing it. Yeah, they were an Eagles cover. Running the game. Nice. Next to you. So does that uh do you want to reveal which one you are then? Oh. <laughs> oh. It yeah, is let's, hard let's to say because I was kind of clean shaven then. I guess. <laughs> that was my feeble attempt at a mustache even back then because <laughs> I, here's the thing about this beard. This beard took like 20 years to make happen. <laughs> like it would, I don't grow facial hair like normal people. Like it, it literally take, if I was to shave this off, it would be two years before it got like oh, this again. No. Easy. Two years. Oh, my brother, I don't know why I have that gene. Cause my brother could shave and have like what Brad's got going on over there. And by two day two, Oh, you well, know what I mean, he could clean shave and by day two be looking like Brad. <laughs> me, uh, I wouldn't wish that on years, anybody. You know. yeah. um, let me see. That's I have funny. A, I have another photo that uh, this was provided <laughs> by our good friend Bobby Laredo. <laughs> uh, Bobby was, a, was one of our biggest fans and supporters. I love the fact he was a gem. He was the guy. He was the one that to told day. me that I needed to come up and and see you and uh, and see your band. And so we did. We made it. We made a trip up to Uncle Mix, one of the only bars that they would just let me come in as right, a right. sixteen-year-old. Because it was tough. I mean, even as Buck Wild, I mean, a lot of us were under twenty-one, and we were playing like 
Desperados and Dudas, and I'm saying names that nobody knows anymore. <laughs> um, Dudas, yeah. Davy Junction. These were 21 and over. They didn't even open till 8 o'clock at night bars that played till 4 a.m. And me and Shane had high school in at 6 a.m., right. 7 a.m. <laughs> you know? And what's even more cool, yet struggling, yet maybe even embarrassing for some adults, at that time in those days, we were making more money than most of the adults in the neighborhood. Yep. You're right. And we were in high school. We were going to high school and we were pulling in like six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week. Yeah. You know it's unbelievable. Yeah. And mom's like my mom's like, you know, I would you know, I went from asking my mom for can I have money for a t shirt at this concert to Hey mom, can I throw you some bits for the light bill? Can I throw you like? Well, at least I, that was nice of you. Or like can I fill up the gas tank if you let me take the car? It was kinda like that. Like uh, so Bobby sent me this photo. This was this was a while back, but uh, this is this is one of the one of the times oh. that I had come up to uh, to hang out with you guys, Brad. That's I awesome. think I was there that night, <laughs> and that's when we had Mike Burns on the bass. Mike is yep. the most the best bass player. He plays for a band now called Burnt Biscuit. I'm sure we yes, crossed paths. Absolutely, there's no better bass players than Mike Burns, and he's just a phenomenal player. Well, you had you had a nice like little chin strap um, uh, beard going there. It was yeah, good. You know, Solid. I started when I was 16. I was probably 22 <laughs> in this picture. <laughs> oh, man. I still have that crushed velvet shirt, too, by the way. You, you know, I probably still have that t-shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> like, uh, I, I feel like we we, we kind of run the gamut. We keep all of our clothes. I, I have tons I of I try stuff. to explain this to Jill because she clowns me all the time about all the clothes. I said, when you're a musician you don't get rid of anything and you you have every shirt we have more clothes than women have i mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, true. it's, it's straight it's up true. jill has like this much of our closet our closet's kind of like an l shape it goes this way this way well maybe even a u shape but at any rate she has this much of it and i have the rest of it not to mention all the clothes that i have folded in plastic bins under our king size <laughs> bed and i have a couple in our daughter's closet <laughs> Oh my god! Wow. Yep. I I can't. I I can't. I don't have all that. But I was always. I'm always been like a t-shirt and jeans guy. So yeah, you know. Well, Buck Wild was the whole Garth Brooks. uh, Remember Mo Betta? That brand Mo Betta? Yes, I do. With all the different styles. In fact, I'm sure that I had some of those. Yeah, it was Wrangler jeans, Mo Betta shirts. It was Justin boots, and it was Stetson hats, and it. (laughs) And I had the full collection, yeah. And then the minute like Rascal Flats and artists started coming out with T-shirts and ball caps, I was like, "Thank you, Jesus!" (laughs) Seriously, you know, it it was to a point where I would, um, I would get in trouble uh, in some venues, including Uncle Mix with Kenny. Kenny would sometimes kind of get on our case because we would come in in ball caps, and my bass player at the time it wasn't Paul, but it was kind of like the Reunion Renegades tour, and uh, so uh, my buddy Blake, who I think was tuning in earlier. I uh, was the bass player of that band. And, uh, you know, he came in with like a skull cap one time, like a, like a toque or, a, Dude, uh, bar owners or were being, Nazis. Yeah. It, like and, I and thought here, like flash forward 10, 10 years later, Zach Brown comes out is the biggest thing that happened to right, country Luke music Bryan, in the last 20 years. Luke Bryan, ball yep. cap, t-shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same man. And uh, oh, we uh, were pioneers. We started this crap. You know, <laughs> I would like to think so because I even did, we, we did a gig down. Uh, there was a place in Key West called Cowboy Bills. Right. I remember and uh, man, we went down there and uh, I, I played the first night um, or it was like the first set played the first set. I was wearing a ball cap and just, you know, kind of my standard thing. And uh, Bill took me aside 
and was like, listen, I hire country bands to come in here, not hippity hop bands. Oh, hippity and, hop. Uh, I was like, I was do like, you do the hippity hop. You do the hippity hop. <laughs> I was like, no worries, man. I, I have a cowboy hat in the. Uh, I have a cowboy hat in the in the room. You so, should have known better. So I ran upstairs to the band house and and grabbed my cowboy hat and we, we played. The, it was no more no more problems the rest of the. Bro, I can tell you <laughs> stories. There's been two times, and I think Uncle Mix was one of them. And it wasn't with Buckwild. It was when I was playing with Common Ground. Mm-hmm. And Mark Kirkendall, who was in Buckwild, the the signed version of Buckwild, mm-hmm. uh, again phenomenal drummer one of my best friends to this day if he didn't have a shirt in his truck that he can give me because i think of things differently i don't know about you but like i think artists and entertainers they dress however they want whatever they feel comfortable because they're artists and entertainers right something about uncle mix back in those days and kind of till still to this day because I've, I've been playing there since i'm 16 i'm 43 and <laughs> i'm still playing there i'm pretty sure i had but, my 16th birthday i could probably find pictures of my 16th birthday party they, at uncle mix the bouncers would not let me in even though i was telling them i was in the band and i have to be on stage in five minutes because i had a sleeveless shirt on it wasn't even a tank top because their signs said no tank tops and no but it was just a sleeveless shirt and they said nope you can't come in and the band was freaking out, and they were giving. And Mark Kirkendall had a shirt, a long sleeve shirt, in his truck, and luckily he gave it to me. I put. They <laughs> weren't going to let me. They weren't going to let me perform because I had a sleeveless shirt on. You know, it was wow. It, yeah, it was. And that's <laughs> happened tell you to me what, twice in my life. Country like, music back in the in the early 2000s. Yeah, there was a dress code, and it was serious. It was yep. super serious. It was wild, man. It was wild. I remember with Wrangler jeans having the, and you had to wear them so tight, like. This is embarrassing, but girl, <laughs> it's funny because only women can relate. So Jordan, you might know something about this one, but it's like I would wear my jeans so tight that I would have to lay on the bed uh. and use a coat hanger <laughs> oh. to push my front pockets down so they would smooth out because you could see if they were fucked up, like uh. like a wrinkle. I mean, effed oh, yeah. up. I'm sorry. And if they're wrinkled up, like I would have to poke them, push them down with a coat hanger. To make them smooth, so that they oh, wouldn't. Like, that's that's how. Idea. That's how tight I wore my Wranglers. I, I wish I had known that back in the day. I was using other things. I think I used I ha- like a I butter totally knife had, a couple times. Oh. Yep, I, I, I had male move. camel toe all the time. That was crazy. <laughs> all the time. And why was white jeans a thing? Because that made it worse. Oh, like yeah. white, white jeans, jeans were a thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, Paul actually he commented he um <laughs> he said to tell you about uh, the time at Uncle Mix when I ate too much before my first set. And uh, he clowns me about that. He goes, because this happened to me. And he goes, you know, that happened to Brad, too. Like, but, you know, like as singers, as, as anybody, you get to the gig. You don't want to get there super early, but you're hungry. Right. So you eat a little something right before the stage. And there's times you're going to be belching or something while you're performing. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, this particular time, if it's the one I think he's thinking. Yeah, of, he told me it killed uh, you. It put you out. Uh, well, I. <laughs> I. He's told me this story. The, the restrooms at Uncle Mix were. Super were, tiny. Yes. So if it was full or there was a line. So I remember I was like, guys, I have to go. And so we were in the middle of a set. So Bill, I think, sang a song or sang a couple songs. And I left the bar, ran around to the Publix or Winn-Dixie, whatever's in that plaza, and went in there and, uh, and used the restroom and then came back. 
and jump back on stage. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. I'm glad that we did this. <laughs> but oh, yeah, God. that was, and that's maybe that's why I, I rarely eat before my gigs anymore. Like <laughs> that happened to me in the yeah. keys one time. I think every artist has that. I have to poo in the middle of my set speech. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say that this happened to me in the keys one time. I was playing the tiki bar. Mm-hmm. And luckily, in a vocal band, you got a bunch of guys that can sing. <laughs> yeah, that is helpful. <laughs> and, but what's funny about it is the bass player at the time, who is Jamie Davis. He may see this, so I'm gonna give him a cheap plug. He's in, he stays <laughs> in like uh, Ocala, Live Oak, that North Florida area, and he's mm-hmm. a very talented singer and guitar player. But anyway, he was a bass player. And it was funny because he was playing bass for us at the time. That gig was screwed from the start, to be honest, because we were booked by an agent. You know, and we're on the road yet. We're playing in the keys, and we were booked at it was the Pimps and Hoes Festival, Uh-oh. and we were supposed to be a <laughs> funk band booked there. What? And we were a country band that got that showed up. Wait, what? What? This is important because I might be able to tie a story together here. What? <laughs> what year was this, and what resort was this at? I believe it was at that famous tiki bar in, in at, at the, post, at the postcard inn. Maybe okay. possibly. It's the stage was like a tiki stage mm-hmm. over the water. Mm-hmm. And then they had another, they put you up in a band house that had like a mm-hmm. bunch of mattresses on the floor, yep. like four feet away. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> well, we were, what year, what year did this happen? I wish I knew it was early two thousands. Okay. But if I, uh, we were already the wrong band for the job, but we made the best of it. We, again, being young guys, we could pull together some Mustang Sally or whatever kind of funky songs we could think of, play your funky music, White Boy and Brick House and all these things, you know, and we could stretch them out long enough to make a set's worth. You know what we do, the tricks. And uh, But I swear, somewhere in the first set, as if the gig wasn't awful enough, my guts, I went to bubble guts like crazy, and I literally just <laughs> <Bubble> like... <guts. laughs> And I just said, and normally I can hold it or I could, I could even mouth to the guys like, Hey, play another song, you know, play a song that you can sing. I literally threw my guitar off and ran to the bathroom and the bass, the bass player who is a phenomenal singer and guitar player and everything. He covered for me, but he was actually pissed because he didn't know what it was on. It's like, how dare you just walk out? He couldn't fathom that maybe something was wrong. He had no idea that I literally like. I'm not gonna crap my pants in those so in those white yeah. in those white jeans. Yeah, exactly. And those <laughs> those white jeans that were two sizes too small. You know, it would not look good with a big brown stain on the back of them. So. Well, it, it's Paul funny. Paul said your go-to is some kind of wonderful. Yeah, because Paul sings some kind of wonderful, and it's basically bass and drums. Since I'm uh, the only guitar player, I can literally bail and take a way a to run and come back. Yeah. Wow. He also mentioned that it was it was called, uh, or a couple of people mentioned that it was Holiday Isle back in the day. Holiday Isle. That's Isle. right. Yeah, it was a tiki well, it's, bar holiday. It's Isle. funny. Uh, Johnny Ringo was kind of the ringleader for those pimps and host parties down there. So you may have crossed paths with probably. with Code Rum oh, Legacy or, or, or that's or, a good possibility. Yeah. Weird. He probably remembers that story or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a trip because I'm like, why are we booked here? And this our agent was in Texas. So like she doesn't know what's uh, going on. But but she obviously mixed up the bands. Like oh, no doubt. No. Like there was supposed to be like a funk band or like a, a pop top forty funk band there for that week. And they're like we do country and they're like, well, you guys are here and we can't get nobody else. <laughs> so what do they, try what, to do what do they call it? The, uh, the, the good old blues brothers boys. Yeah. So they were like, <laughs> try to do as much other kind of music as you can. We can't, you know, do your country, but do like 
anything you can that's funky or rocky or poppy and you know we had some stuff in our repertoire but definitely it wasn't a whole night of music let alone three or four nights <laughs> right <laughs> oh man well you guys we're gonna move into our next segment here each week our guests are put on the hot seat while i channel the late great show host mr oh, yeah. james lipton in one of our favorite segments that we like to call inside the lipton tea inside the lipton Hello and welcome to Inside the Lipton Tea. My name is Brad Brock, playing the part of Mr. James Lipton. I'm here with singer-songwriter Jason Ambrose. Jason, what is your favorite word? My favorite word would be my fiance's least favorite word, which is moist. (laughs) (laughs) What is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on? Everything. What turns you off? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? The oven alarm. (laughs) You know, I never thought about that. Like that's real. That's real life. Like when you know you're about to eat something amazing. I mean, think about it, because, like, you got, like, all different noises, right, that trigger you or whatever, but, like, there's nothing better than, you know, because we're on the go, fast food, this, that, Mm -hmm. and that. When you know something's been cooking and someone took the time to set an alarm and that thing dings, like, you're like, wow, this is the meal of the century. Like, people put preparation (laughs) into it. Ding, fries are done. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't think, like, uh, people outside of musicians or maybe people that have, like, super busy lives can even fathom like what a home cooked meal is like it's true it's true what sound or noise do you hate the alarm in the morning what a polar opposite right Right. (laughs) (laughs) it's Uh, like get up bitch go to work so you can pay for that nice meal that you love (laughs) when you get home what is your favorite curse word man i don't know that i have one Jill, what do, what do I say a lot? Is it fuck? Is it really? I really try not to say that. That's funny. Because if I try not to say that, but you believe that that's my favorite one, that means I'm failing miserably. Yeah, that's an epic fail. Right Cuz I really try I I try not to cuss. I'm I'm grooming a young human being right here you know <laughs> yes. but there's times where just conversation leads to like fuck you know buddy mm-hmm. you're not you're it's that, that that sentiment is not lost on me believe me <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to try man i would be dude i i don't want to say this because i don't want you to lose viewers over my issues <laughs> That's what this is what but, they're uh, here for. But thanks to my boy DJT, I would like to try politics. All oh right. Oh boy. There you go. Brave. You know somebody somebody 
quick side story. Somebody came to me and was like, you know, you should get into politics because yeah, you remember people's names and you remember like right. people tell them. me that all the time. So like, and I was just, like, it's like our business. It's <laughs> I was like, do. no, I think I'm good. Yeah. But but you know, it's probably why there's so many problems that there are. Like people that are probably good at it are like, no, no, don't want any interest. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> good. <laughs> Well, on the other hand, what job would you not do under any circumstance? All right, not do under any circumstance. Mm, dude, that's a tough one. Cause I, you know, as musicians, we've been we've done every odds and end job there is known to man. I mean, that's I don't true. think there's anything I, there's nothing I wouldn't do to feed my family or or make me, uh, you know, fund my music habit slash career right so I, that's a tough one man I, I i although i was a general manager for taco bell for two years <laughs> here we go <laughs> and, and and uh how hard is it there uh, who do i need them? to talk to by the way <laughs> i want you to know that this that job freaking sucks and, and and i was a general manager i was making 40 grand a year and but the people on the line and the people working the drive through them they were making eight fifty an hour. You know what I mean? And generally, this is what in society we call a get you to the next stop job or after school job. Right. But there were people on my line that were thirty and forty years old, and this was their job. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell you, it's not freaking easy. And it was the expectations of my company that. If they faltered or if they needed help, that I would jump on the line and I was like, F that. I wanted <laughs> nothing to do with it because it is so freaking hectic. Now, granted, where I'm super conservative and I'm super like, do this or do that, I I definitely applauded the idea of raising their pay from like $10 an hour or $15 an hour because nobody all the people that talk crap about like they don't deserve $15 an hour would not last one day doing that. that job i believe that and and so yeah that's a job i would never want to go back to again so if the fast food industry or maybe even the food and service industry on the whole i would whole. never go back to again unless i was paid very handsomely yeah no it, it's a thankless because job in a happening. lot of cases yeah because we've all been because there. and and i'm and i'm the first to tell you i would testify on the bible in court that they don't make enough money for what they expected to do in the time frame they're expected to do it and then deal with the 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 rash customers and things that they get they get pressure from the bosses they get pressure from the customers all for like eight fifty nine dollars an hour. Or maybe I feel a little bit less bad about not getting my chicken quesadilla the other night. No, you should definitely I get what back. you ordered. But at the same time, like I said, it's, it's well, maybe just, I have a little bit more of an appreciation of the uh, of what goes into yeah, it. You don't know what goes into it, and it was like it. super late, so they were probably trying to close. But I was just schooling Jill on it. It was funny because we were like two a.m. from a gig. Where do you go, Taco yeah, Bell? Taco Bell, of course. And, and we had a bird's eye view of the window counter of how long it takes them or how long they're supposed to take to get your food out from the from the time you ordered it to the time it gets in your hands and you're paid for and you're out the door. And I was watching it and I was like, ooh, look, it's 56, 57, 58. I said, when it gets, that shit gets to 70, it's going to turn yellow and it's going to turn red. And she goes, what does that mean? I said, that means they should have got that shit out while it was green. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now they're in trouble because they've they've made it red. 
That's wild. And I said, and you ever wonder why they ask you, can you please pull up to the line and we'll bring it out to you? Because they want that <laughs> clock to yep. stop. Yeah, so that they can, so, funny. so they can get the next guy through faster, and then they bring you up, so they can like leveling their crap out. You know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is somebody it, I need it, to take some she, notes. Or, or you she, clear them off, and right. if you have the little slips, or you're just waiting on fries or something, you clear that shit off. I was a thug. Those bags. They don't. <laughs> they don't let you clear it off anymore. Oh, you don't. actually have to pull forward, right? Oh. And, or it doesn't stop, right? Oh. But Miles. they it's, it's frowned upon, oh. like. The, you can do it, and it's an option. But if you got caught by corporate telling people to pull forward, you would get fired. That's funny. So they tell you kind of to do it, but at your own risk. It's <laughs> one of those things like that. That's, oh, yeah. Wow. I, I personally, again, because I don't work for Taco Bell, so screw them, whatever. But <laughs> when I worked there, I would personally, when the clocks were getting a little funky, I would drive through the thing myself. I was like, hey, how's it going sitting in the drive-thru? And I'd talk for two seconds, go up to the window, talk for two seconds, and I'd make that clock go back to green as fast as I could <laughs> so my hilarious. numbers look good. I, oh, man. I did Burger King for about two months mm-hmm. and, as a manager, and I did the same thing every day. Yeah. I drove so through wild. that drive-thru. Just to get your... Right after the lunch rush. Just Unbelievable. Wow, that's, that's so good to know. Weird. I mean, it's huh? not... I mean, it, it These is. These are good things to know. the general public never knows until Behind we're getting the an insider jams and cocktails podcast. Look at us, we're, we're, we're letting it all dirty out. little secrets. It's like a TLC tell all. Yeah, it's like inside <laughs> the fast food tea. <gasps> well, I have one more question inside the Lipton tea. Uh oh, Lipton tea. Is it green tea? Diet green tea. That's my favorite. Ooh. Mm. Yes, mine too. If heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ooh, that's a big one, dude. Did you think of that by yourself or did you Google that? <laughs> what a way to go out. That's I love you, said. Brad, and I've known you for a long time, but that's deep. Yeah, I stole, I stole that from James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studio. In yeah, fact, this entire he... segment is ripoff. What Can't wait till I, I get sued for it. What would I want God or Jesus to hear me to hear say if I entered at the pearly gates? I, hmm. I would say pull forward. Right. Uh, yeah. Do you want your chicken quesadilla now? <laughs> right. Can you can you pull forward and we'll bring it out to you? No. no. I would honestly say that I would just want to be welcomed. I want to be think that I lived a life that I I treated people the way they deserve to be treated. I was generous. I maybe was humble in my lifetime. Like I took some L's to make somebody else advance. I just want to be accepted. My, I mean, everybody's goal should be to get into heaven. So it's like, and yet nobody's perfect. Right. So I hope I do more good than I do bad. That they say, come on in, bro. You did good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's inside the Lipton tea. Well done. And we learned a little bit about the fast food industry. Yes. Not too shabby. <laughs> I tell you that job I literally I that was the most the highest paying job I ever had in my life as a day job. It was like 45 grand a year whatever it was. Which, oh, but I bet it was so hectic. I don't dude, I can't even imagine. I never that. had a job that literally when I woke up in the morning I cursed God for letting me wake up. <laughs> I hated putting my feet on the ground. I wanted nothing to do with it. That's where the animosity for the alarm clock. Came. Right. Uh, exactly. Sure. I was like I I and I'm Christian, and it's bad to say, but I curse God for letting me wake up because I was like, I can't deal with these. I Here's the thing. 
I deal in a not so great environment as far as the neighborhood. I deal in a not so great environment as far as the customers. Right. So I had crappy employees. I had crappy customers. And it was every day was just a struggle just to get things to go how they're supposed to go, let alone excel in any way right. or, exactly. or like that. <laughs> it was hard. You understand, like if you run a restaurant or a Taco Bell or any kind of fast food restaurant or even a regular restaurant, like say it's Joe Blow's Italian restaurant, and say you have 20 employees, that's 20 employees, 20 employees' children, 20 employees' babies' daddies or babies' mamas. That for whatever reason, whenever you're ready to start work, those things come into play. Why you're understaffed, can't make things happen. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I would come in every day and it's someone like, oh, I couldn't get a ride to work. Oh, my baby's daddy didn't pick the baby up, so I don't have no one to watch the kid. Or my baby's mama didn't pick the baby up, so I have no one to watch. And you're constantly, it's a juggling match, man. You got to be yep. a magician. Yeah, my, my, my sister is a... Is a- manager at uh out of five guys and <laughs> same same deal she, she, the struggle's real man and when you're when you're dealing with people that are paid such a such a low rate right, you can't they're expect just like, them to give you 100 <laughs> percent. they're yeah. like i'm doing this job simply because i can pay my rent and maybe my Ex- lights exactly you know. <laughs> oh man well you guys uh coming up next we're going to take a peek inside the Jordy files but uh, how about another song from jason what do you say Hey, man, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere until you kick me out. (laughs) And I think you messed up by letting me know where you live. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't where we live. We just rent this for the the space. My house would never be this clean or have so much uh, Golden Girls memorabilia around. It's my grandma's house, really. (laughs) Word. Man, I am at a wonderful thought process of what I want to play. Like, I have no idea where I'm going with this. But Welcome to Every Day at a Brad Brock Show. That is crap, because I've been to many Brad Brock shows. My fiance and I look forward to Brad Brock shows. Like, it's so weird, too. Like, you, you do a lot of shows, bro, and I'm, like, actually envious of your calendar. And I look at it, and I'm like, God... But then I, I think, oh, they're sneaky tiki. They're where we can get some killer nachos, some code rum, and then we can like hang out and just be like a couple and just chill. Yeah. Listen to some great music. So we honestly look forward to your sneaky tiki code rum shows. Oh, great. And and that's like our getaway for a couple hours. And, it's a great spot to and, get away, that's yeah. for sure. So I no cheap plug there, but I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, you better keep all your cheap plugs in order because that's coming up soon too. <laughs> All right. I didn't have a prepared song. Anything you want to hear, my sweet, beautiful woman sitting on the couch? No? Huh? All right. All right, I got one for you. I'm going to go a little Southern for you. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. I guarantee you got comments coming in. People are like, Southern, yeah, Southern. Right. I'm not going to do like Freebird because that's a $100 request minimum. 
But if you got PayPal or like Cash App or whatever, I'm sure Brad'll accept it if you want to do Freebird. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Gonna take a freight train down to the station. But I don't care where I go. Gonna come mountain, Lord, a house mountain. Jump off, ain't nobody gonna know. Can't see, can't see. What that woman been doing to me? Can't see, can't see what that woman been doing to me. Gonna find me holding the world. Gonna climb inside and die. Come on, lady, now. Me, no woman, love. Never told me goodbye. Can't see. Can't see. What that woman been doing to me. Can't see, oh, can't see what that woman been doing to me. Ticket now as far as I can. I ain't ever coming back. I might take a northbound back up to Nashville, Tennessee to the train running trail. Can't see. Can't see what that woman been doing to me. Can't see, oh, can't see what that woman love doing to me. Can't see, can't see. What that woman been doing to me? Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, man, you can't go wrong with that one. 
And if you're struggling for how many songs you have left, that's a good 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is good. <laughs> it's why Paul Robertson chimed in after you had uh, you had given uh, your... your uh, free bird price. Yeah, your free bird price. He's like, 100 bucks, that's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? See, no, sucker. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you guys... <clears throat> Let's get our weekly dose of On This Day music history, some news, celebrity birthdays, and gossip inside the Jordy Files. TMZ. You two are fun with the little background choreographing stuff you had going on. Oh, I need Jordan, you every week. What you got going on for us this week? Okay, so let's see. Uh, Manfred Mann turned 80 today. The South African musician and vocalist had massive hits such as Do What Diddy and his band's cover of Blinded by the Light. Blinded by the Light. Perfect. What is the next line? Wrapped up like a douche. <laughs> is it wrapped up like a douche? Because that's what I always thought. I it thought said. so too. You know, it's is funny. It? Revved up like a deuce. Like a deuce. Revved up like, like a, a deuce. Car. Look at that. Look at how your Look camera at your roller coaster. That's <laughs> it's been yeah. like that. Oh, dude, he's animated. But it's like it's revved up like a deuce. Uh, revved up like a deuce. deuce. Brad, honestly, deuce. as musicians, it's up. <laughs> as musicians, we've been singing "Wrapped Up Like a Douche" for as long as we can remember. Oh, oh my yeah. god, since yeah. forever. I've Absolutely. been singing it that way. I watched an interview. Is it with strawberry? The guy. <laughs> is it strawberry fields or vinegar and water? That's all I want. To know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and then Charlotte Caffey of the Go Go's is sixty-six years old today. On last week's show, the Little Things did a cover of their song "Our Lips Are Sealed." Uh, also turning 66 today, birthday twins, is Eric Faulkner of the Bay City Rollers. Um, Steve Lukather turned 62 today. Ooh, oh, monster okay. guitar player. Is he? Did I did I do it? Was that is that? Lukather is Lukather? correct. Yes. That is correct. You nailed it. I am so good at not pronouncing things correctly. Okay. Turn 62 today. Uh, you may know his little song called Africa, which he recorded with his band Toto in 1983, the year of my birth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, as a guitarist, oh, it's your birth, yeah, y'all. Um, as a guitarist, arranger, and record producer, he has recorded guitar tracks for more than 1,500 albums, including the guitar solo for Olivia Newton-John's hit "Physical." Wow. Let's get, Let's get physical. physical. There we go. Physical. I thought someone would do it for sure. Um, and Michael Jackson's <laughs> Beat It and was heavily involved in the recording of virtually all, all the um, Michael Jackson Thriller album. Was that you or that Jason? So oh, that was Jason. Oh. That was so I couldn't mean. tell which direction it came from. <laughs> My daughter is stuck on. So we we run that in the house all the time. Is that the vocal warm ups? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael a- Jackson was like a trend, I guess, on TikTok. Like, oh. uh, so we do hee hees everywhere. Oh. <laughs> Love the TikTok. 
Um, Nick Oliveri, bassist of Queens of the Stone Age, turns 48 years old today. And then a few other celebrity birthdays. One, I guess we must mention, but no one really cares about. Kim Kardashian turns 40 today. Wow. <laughs> but how so, old is her booty? Uh, probably half her age, maybe. I was, right? was going to say 18. Uh, okay. It's like 18. 20, uh, maybe. Doja Cat turns 25 today. Country singer Kane Brown turns 27 today. I and, get that. And... Uh, Carrie Fisher would have been 64 today. Judge Judy, my favorite, is 78 today. Whoa, so and she's still rocking. She she's still is, on air. Yeah, she she's is. She is living her best life. Only, only Judy can judge you. Only Judy can judge you. And then. She's just as fiery as she was 72 years ago, too. Yeah. Maybe fiery or. Yeah, she's, she gets better. She's like a, a fine whiskey or wine. She gets better with age. Yeah. yeah. And scrappier. Of course, the new shows with with COVID, the COVID shows are very interesting. How they're trying to make oh. it, how they're trying to make it look like they're all in the same room still. Oh, I haven't um, had the pleasure to watch any of these. I'm gonna have to brush up. <laughs> um, and then uh, departures today. Tony Lewis, bassist and vocalist of pop band The Outfield, died suddenly and unexpectedly this week. The cause of death is still unknown. He was just 62 years old. Oh, no. Yes. And then, that is sad. That is. And then the funk drummer Harold Sargent passed away this week. His intro drum beat on the Skull's Snaps tune, It's a New Day, has become one of the most sampled beats in hip-hop. 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 Hippity-hop. <laughs> Hippity-hops. Hippity-hop. And then... Spencer Davis of the Spencer Davis Group passed away at 81 this week. The band had huge hits like Give Me Some Lovin' and Keep On Runnin'. Um, and then for a few On This Day facts, coincidentally, on this day in 1965, the Spencer Davis Group recorded Keep On Runnin'. So what? that's interesting. Yeah. And then in 1972, Chuck Berry started a two-week run at number one with My Dingling. <laughs> oh, Bazinga! Hey now, <laughs> my ding. Uh, is that how that goes? My dingling. Oh, my dingling. Yeah, my tingling, my tingling. I'm only. Ca- I want, uh, want you to play with my, my dingling. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm only familiar with the Mickey Avalon. Right, that's trippy. We just did harmony to my dingling. That was great. Is that? I'll I'll never tell. Was that actually the words, or did you guys? You're just so messed up. You had the same lyric. Okay, so those are okay. Wow. All right. (laughs) But it's possible because you don't have a dingling. You didn't learn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's only a dingling song. Oh, my goodness. Also today in 1972, Curtis Mayfield went to number one on the album charts with the soundtrack to Superfly. Superfly, Superfly. That was also (laughs) a a, a Name That Tune challenge. One of these. I think it was with uh, Zaza when Zaza was on the show. I would have known that one. I didn't know that one. Derek. I would have. I would have known it. Derek would have known that. That's right. Mine. Right. Right. All day long. <laughs> I'm super fly. Super fly. Super fly. And then today in 1995, Green Day's Billy Joel Armstrong was arrested and fined. I found this hilarious. <laughs> he was fined forty-one dollars 
or I mean, I'm sorry, $141 for mooning his audience at during a show in Milwaukee. It's like really just 141. Well, that's, he that's got it? off easy because I believe, uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Jim Morrison got like arrested in Miami for flashing his audience. Yeah, so. well, he did the dingling. He did my dingling. But that was in like the 70s. Like, like yeah. How was it like like in Green Day times that that was super arrestable offense? Like. I understand back in the yeah back the, then the doors times like that everybody was super conservative and that was the big like how was like a mooning like even a finable offense must in, be some sort of indecent exposure and then knows? like a hundred forty one dollars that's it like you get more for going fifty in a right I guarantee the people that went something. to that concert paid more than one hundred forty one dollars for those tickets <laughs> it's yeah probably true it's so crazy <laughs> I just want to butt in here really quick oh uh, sure sure so, Brad uh, like it's your show or something that's fine right. is this not Jeannie uh, <laughs> Hernberg said Jordan's dad could be a dingling <laughs> oh hi. <laughs> she's tuning in on the brad Bragg music page oh perfect <laughs> um and then last but not least on this day in 1997 elton john's candle in the wind um it was his tribute to the late princess diana was declared the biggest selling sale record of all time by the guinness book of world records with 31.8 million sales in less than 40 days. So uh, congrats. What was the, I had the, if there was a, if that was a tribute to Princess Diana, that was like the 97 version. Remember he did that, uh, good, goodbye England's rose. Right, he redid oh. it. Else. Yeah. yeah. It was Marilyn Monroe first. Yeah, it was the, then, ma- yeah, the yeah. original. I'm sorry, yeah. the candle in the wind, 97. Ah, that's not what I said. Gotta do the ding. Ding. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes the Jordy Files. Oh, Jordy Files. <laughs> Jordy Files in the Yay, house. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, uh, now has come to the time where we go around the room and we shamelessly plug all the things that we've got going on. So uh, we're going to uh, take turns telling you where we're going to be, what we got going on, and... Um, what we're trying to sell and hustle. So uh, while we go through this, maybe Jordan can whip up some more shots. What? Oh, shot, I would love shot, to. Shot, 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 shot. But you know how much, you know, before you do that, you know how much I love it when you intro this, Jordan. What? What, oh. what is this show? What is this segment called? This is our shameless plugs. <laughs> 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 All right. We'd like to kick off this segment by opening the floor to our very special guest. So, Jason, take it away, man. What do you have to shamelessly plug tonight? Man, I got a, I only got a couple things on my brain. But uh, I got Rough Shot Live. It's going to be at Mickey's Tiki Bar, which is kind of like famous. It's kind of iconic. Mickey's Tiki Bar is in Pompano. Not, oh, yeah, I have yeah. heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the owner, Alan Bromfield, has got a lot going on. He built a nice big stage in the back. It's, he's really expanding the music capacity. Plus, again, you know Rough Shot is going to be there this Friday. We're starting at 8 o'clock. We got a lot of kids from the School of Rock. If you don't know what School of Rock's about, if you got a kid and he's got a guitar and he's just banging away, School of Rock has locations all over South Florida, Palm Beach, North Palm Beach area. So check it out. Like I said, we uh 
you know, Brad, you and I both know as Roughshod alumni, if you will. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we let the kids get up and jam, you know, at our shows, and they, it's really been impressive. It's really motivating for me to keep going. It's nice to mentor in a way to the youngsters. So we got a, a handful of kids that are going to come up to this show. It's the bike night at Mickey T. And I myself, as Jason Ambrose, will be at Grumpy Gary's, which is in Hollywood, Florida. It's a little bit down the strip from that cliche, you know, corporate. uh, Los Olas. Margaritaville. Margaritaville. I'm thinking of a different spot. That bought the Hollywood Beach area over Uh, there. We're a little bit further north or south, actually. But uh, I will be at Grumpy Gary's in Hollywood Beach on the 1st, November 1st two to six so eight to twelve at, at uh mickey's tiki bar for rough shot jason ambrose will be at uh grumpy gary's in hollywood on the november 1st date from two to six and i will be at brendan's in pompano with rough shot uh november 7th which i do believe is nine to one nice and if you just want to hang out with me having a drink, just check Brad Brock's calendar and look for <laughs> sneaky tiki dates on Sundays. And my ass and my fiance's ass will be there enjoying a big batch of nachos and some cold rum. Yeah. Chilling. Ding, ding. Awesome. Love it. Because Brad Brock is the only entertainer on the Treasure Coast. I'm just a small fish in a big pond. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm certainly not the only one. I'm probably the grayest one uh, here on the Treasure Coast. <laughs> Maybe possibly the shortest one. Brad, uh, I, I got to tell you, and things have come full circle, and I'm not saying that because I'm sitting in here in your podcast studio. But Jill's right there, and she'll tell you. It's come full circle. Like when you said with the Renegades, Brad Brock and the Renegades, where you used to watch uh, Buck Wild and, you know, your your manager person at that time would take video and say, hey, you guys got to watch this. This is what you need to learn. It's what you need to aspire yeah, to yeah. do. I sit there and watch you on Sundays uh, as a solo artist and because solo is new to me. You know, I've, I'm right. a band guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, my fiance and I says, that's what we need to do. Brad Brock is the measuring stick for what oh. solo guys should be. And, 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 and I'm happy to say that because, A, you're my friend, and, B, you're somebody I respect professionally. So, yeah, man, we I don't go out and see anybody, but I, I just don't. If I, if I'd rather be home doing nothing. I feel you sometimes. And if I'm not home <laughs> doing nothing, I look at my fiance and say, let's check where Brad is. And, and chances are he's at Sneaky Tiki on a Sunday and it's Code Rome Day or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Let's go do that. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Aww, honestly, awesome. I really do appreciate the support. And uh, and it is full circle. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't have uh, have put in the amount of effort into being a better performer if it wasn't for my experience with Buckwild. It's funny, uh, Dave Major, who's my stepfather, actually yeah. is just chiming in here. And we were just talking about him. <laughs> he comments, that, that'd be me. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's in yeah. here too. And, and he knows. And, and yeah. here I am. And a lot of people don't know. Like, I've messaged Brad to all the listeners out there. I, I've worked, you know, here I am. I've done, I've been to the mountaintop and back down again. 
you know, I've had a record deal. I've toured. I've done everything I could do that musically possible would make anybody in music happy. Yet I've still hit Brad up and said, man, how do I do this? How do I do what you're doing? How do I? And and it's humbling for me, but yet I'm so, I won't go to anybody else. There's a ton of dudes doing what Brad's doing, but there's no way doing it like Brad does it. And that's my point is that Brad Brock is the epitome of the one man band. He's the best at what he does. He's the best at this podcast. And I'm very grateful that you invited me as a guest. And I'm very grateful that you've taken your time away from focusing on yourself to assist me and what I need to do to break in on the treasure coast. So here's this shot. Cheers to you, brother. Well, cheers cheers to you guys. Thank you for coming. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, folks. Ah, and I really do appreciate that, Jason. And, and, and it's 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 my privilege and it's my pleasure to um, to take to take this time and, and get to sit with with entertainers that I normally wouldn't get to sit with um, and, and have conversation and, and get pri- personal concerts from people, you know, so uh, where it is, uh, it is fun and um, and I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat doing my part. It's also pretty self-serving to be able to sit and have conversations and, uh, and I feel the same way as a guest. I honestly do. I, oh. It's self-serving. Like I, the minute I knew you had a podcast, I was like, I would tell Jill, I was like, I hope he invites me. I remember talking to you about, I remember talking to you about this. Um, God, it, it was, it was before, uh, before COVID hit. So it had to be in like, january or february even and we right. were talking about it originally and i was like oh yeah definitely there's so much to reminisce on we could sit here and talk for hours about um about the south florida music scene during, during yeah i mean that's, growing that, up. that's a whole podcast by itself <laughs> sure. just like where it's come from say the early 90s to 2020 is like yeah you know I mean, we like i said we could go another two hours about <laughs> you're right alone. easy <laughs> It's wild. Oh man, I do appreciate you, and uh, and I and, and now that you're here, local with us, I hope to see you in, in more spots around town, and and then I get to go and have a Sunday to sit and drink margaritas and listen to you play with me with with, with Jordan the Jordy. <laughs> yes, absolutely, uh, Jordan. I just gotta say this on air. Jill is the biggest Hocus Pocus fan ever. Uh, I just got so this. your T-shirt is just. I know she's Thank salivating. Yeah, like that shirt. <laughs> I know. I saw it and I was like. Add to cart. Sister <laughs> Done. Yeah, you guys you guys are sisters instantly, right? Yes. <laughs> so fun. Uh Derek, any shameless plugs today now that I got a camera working on you? Uh, I, I really don't have anything except for uh go to JNC podcast and watch all the shows. If you've missed any, you've missed out. So uh, uh, check them all out. Especially the one chip challenge. Especially the Pocky uh, One Chip Challenge. Um I think because you did that when I wasn't here, there might have to be another one where we do it together. Well, maybe we'll do something similar. I don't know if I can. Ever Not do the that. chip. We won't do the chip. We'll that, do that. Chip was disgusting. We'll do something <laughs> with Carolina Reapers. Okay, I'm in. Maybe we'll do like a pepper challenge or maybe like a wing and sauce I ha- challenge. I hate hot stuff, but I'd do it because you did that for me. All right, I'm in. Oh. 
I mean, I you love- and Jill are in the same boat because Jill doesn't like hot stuff. No, I love stuff. hot. Oh, that explains why that shot was such a uh, <laughs> shocker. Such a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a me, mild salsa me, guy. Me and Alexis best. are the the hot kings. Uh, like uh, the spicy Alexis people. will eat the hot stuff with me, and will clown her mom all day long <laughs> about why she can't eat hot stuff. Too fun. Nice. Any shameless plugs over there, Jordan? <laughs> no, sir. No. All right. What about Jordy News? I uh, really think it was better than T than TMZ. Yes. Thank yes. you. I'm so only coming to, to give it up for Jordy. I'm only coming Jordy to Pyle. the Brad Brock podcast for my news from now on. <laughs> oh, it's all the news you need. <laughs> and thank there you. were thank no there were no stumbling out words. No, there today. was no stumbling. I was I was impressed. I acted pretty confident. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I read it over a few times. Yeah. Gave it a twice over, three times over. Thrice. Who thrice over. the words for you? Huh? Who pronunciated the words for you at first? <laughs> oh, I did go on Google. <laughs> Google, Google, Google pronunciate. Google yes. translate. <laughs> it had the little hyphens in there. How to phonetically sound them out. <laughs> look, at, look it up in the dictionary. Yeah. Uh, well, then it comes uh, thank you, Derek. to me. Thank you. Love you, Jordan. Um, my shameless plugs Uh, as always I like to kick off my shameless plugs with thanking all of you so much for tuning in live or joining us later on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform Uh, again please give us a like share follow and subscribe on YouTube Uh, if you are tuning into the rerun we'd like to invite you to join us in one of our live shows Um, we run them every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and YouTube. And you can find those links in the description of wherever you're watching or listening to this or at jncpodcast.com. I'd like to send a massive shout out to our sponsors at Code Rum. Code Rum. Code Rum. Sponsors of our shots tonight there, the Code Rum Tiki Torch, which is actually really nice. You guys should check that out. That is Code Rum, uh, Code Red, their cinnamon rum, Malibu, and pineapple juice very easy phenomenal very and easy. it's delicious and it brad what'd you drink, call it though I, it might need to be renamed what'd you call it the, the code rum tiki torch yeah but you called it something it was something christmas oh, oh yeah, yeah uh, it's like an island christmas island <laughs> christmas has got such a good ring that to is it. nice it yeah it's okay. comforting all right <laughs> it, it might be a chameleon it, it might have two names at Ooh. This point. yeah seasonal of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What time of year you're drinking right? it? <laughs> also give a massive shout out to Hop Life Brewing. Uh, Hop great Life. Supporters of all what we do. <laughs> Treasure Coast Entertainment. Jeff Farishidian for uh, helping uh, fill our entertainment calendar throughout the year. Uh, the Sneaky Tiki in downtown Stewart. We talked at length about them tonight. So <laughs> Sneaky Tiki. We love you guys out there. We love the sneaky tiki's. And I would be remiss if I didn't send a shout out to Brad Brock Music LLC for being our largest, uh, most lucrative sponsor (laughs) in this whole endeavor. (laughs) So thank you. Brad uh, Brock Music, (laughs) y'all. What a shameless plug that is. (laughs) Hey, man. Shameless plugs. Plugs. Yeah. Um, so thank to, thank all of you for helping us keep the gears turning here. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor of the show or one of our segments, slide into my DMs and we'll chat. Slide into DMs. Slide into them. <laughs> Just slide. <laughs> slide. <laughs> 
I a do. slide becoming the new moist? Maybe. Oh. Like, I think we're making it Is it, it like that creepy way. when you say slide? Maybe if you do it with a lisp. Slide. <laughs> Dude, no. You know I hate that. Slide. slide. I know you love the lisp. Slide. Oh, well, you guys. Brad, I, you're so amazing. <laughs> There's something wrong with Jack-Jack. <laughs> Oh, that's where that comes from. <laughs> Funny. I do have a few one-man band shows coming up this weekend. Uh, you can check me one out. One-man band! One-man band! Um, I will be tomorrow. I will be at Manatee Island in Fort Pierce at 5.30 p.m. Uh, on Friday, I'll be at Hurricane Grill in Palm City at 6. Saturday, you can catch me at Costa de Este Beach Resort in Vero Beach. And rounding out my work week, Tuesday, I'll be at Blue Point Barn Grill at 3.30 p.m., which is early on a Tuesday. But uh, God love them for having music all day long, every day of the week, which is awesome. So you could choose any of those days. And then we'll be turning it up for Jen's birthday. We'll be turning it up for Jen's birthday. On Tuesday at the Rocco Taco. But if leg. none of those dates work for you, check out bradbrock.com. Yes. And pick and choose when you want to show. Or are you ready for this? <laughs> if you don't want to go to bradbrock.com, you can catch all my show dates and so much more on the Brad Brock music app. It is free. It is free from your you favorite app? app store. I do. Freaky. And you can find all my shows on there. You could watch this podcast or listen to this podcast. We are also starting to feature some other local content, some other local podcasts on the app as well. So you can get your local fix here on the Treasure Coast from the app. You can buy merch and uh, request songs right from the app. And it comes to me on my iPad where I'm sitting on stage. Cool, cool stuff there on the Brad Brock music app. It's free get it i'd also like to send a special thank you out to dj bobby laredo the what? governor of country music the governor for uh, helping me prepare for tonight's show getting me because let me tell you when i had to dig for that record right. I, there, it's nowhere online no and, uh, because it was before online it was so i i was racking my brain trying to find it trying to find any tracks off of it and i was like you know who would have this bobby laredo, bobby laredo. <laughs> So I hit him up and uh, and yes, yes, he Bobby's the, 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 the best, like the best guy ever, man. He's awesome. So good. Nice. So good. I've not worked with too many DJs that were more awesome than Bobby. Yeah, he's he definitely nurtured me through. Uh, well, he just loves club. local music. Yeah, you know, he loves country music. He he really does. He loves lo- he loves country music. And he loves the local level guys, and he always gave us a shot. You know, there's not a lot of bars, honestly, club DJs or even radio DJs, but club DJs even that would play local music. They're right. like, oh, no, this, it's not on the radio. It's not in my hit list that I get from whatever program tells them what they're supposed exactly. to play. I'm not playing it. But Bobby was a, a, kind of a rebel, and he would play. You know, he loved, if he loved your stuff, Brad, he would play it. If he loved my stuff, he would play it. Oh, he does. And, and it's funny. I still send him music from time to time and he'll, he'll like, he'll do like a, like a video and send me a clip of him playing it at, at the clubs that he's working at. But, um, yeah, Bobby, Bobby was amazing. I mean, I used to sit with Bobby and, uh, and he would go through my song list and he'd give me all the dances that the dancers would do to the songs. And he'd be like, this is like, this is the order that they like. I know what they do. So we would like set our set lists up to appease the dancers. And that was, you know, with Bobby's help, it was unbelievable. So, you know, big shout I out. I want to give you the whole premise because 
when you were like following Buckwild and when we were doing our thing, Buckwild was very in tune with the DJs and the line dance instructors mm-hmm. and things like that. We had like a little network going. Right. And my drummer, Mark Kirkendall at the time, used a, a uh, metronome. Yeah. Super so important for those Not guys. only did we know what songs were going to be the line dance hit songs ahead of time because that we got it from the DJs or whoever mm-hmm. was organizing the line dance classes, but we also learned the beats per minute so that they would be exactly the same as the way they learned them in the dance classes. Right. So, which is, again, little tiny things that gave us kind of an edge that, again, are irrelevant now because nobody does that kind of I stuff. No, It's such but a nostalgic those, thing. But back in those about. days, it was like we were ahead of the time. You know? Yep. I remember I remember. I, I would put drummer Dan on with a – we had him on a metronome for a little bit. Uh, we we played many shows with Robert Hill, yeah, Robert uh, from, from Stormrider, and he God always played with the soul. Yeah, no, he I know. Away, you know, it's fun that that Cowboy Bills gig that I did yeah. down at Key West. He was our drummer for that, and uh, that was just a wild time down there. Right, unbelievable. Uh, Jennifer said, "What band?" She tuned in late. She said, "What band did Jason play?" And that was Buck Wild uh, back in the day when I had met him. But also, uh, Rough Shot is the band that he performs in now. Uh, let's see. Let's look at it. The rest of the comments. Oh, I have a shameless plug. Oh, plug away. Do you have a shameless plug. <laughs> Too late. Oh. So just for all of you cool cats and kittens next cool cats week and, kittens. <laughs> and, you know, puppies and dogs, mm-hmm. um, we are having our spooktacular Halloween episode next Wednesday, which will be a hoot <laughs> and a half. <laughs> ah, see, it's already starting. So be sure you set your alarms. Tune in. You'll get to see some good stuff. Um, you took, 8 p.m. You, Wednesday. You took my oh. plug. Oh, were you going to talk about that? No, but we will talk about it. Oh. Um, okay, back well, to you, Broadbrook. <laughs> since we're there, we will talk about it. Yeah, uh, next next Wednesday is our uh, our first annual Jams and Cocktails Halloween special. So we are transforming the JNC Lounge into a haunted house basically the adams family house yep Mansion. so it will be super spooky we we have some really <laughs> cool things uh and in fact dave major who's tuning in has, shout out uh, to dave yeah You're has the real offered one. up some uh some really really cool decorations and and things that he had made over the years for halloween so we're very very stoked to uh to pillage pillage <laughs> through that and uh and pick out some fun stuff Put it to but we're very very excited uh we'll be in costume and uh we got some fun stuff in store for you all next week on the show. So uh, be sure to tune in for a spooky time next week. We might even do the monster mash. Oh, my God. Can we no, choreograph we that? No, probably won't, but maybe we will. He did the mash. It was the monster mash. The monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. The monster mash. <laughs> this is the only indications that me and Brad have played way too many Halloween venues. Yeah, right. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Oh, yeah, you guys were on. <laughs> well, oh. you guys, we are winding down here. 
Um, I do want to thank you all again for the support. We certainly hope you enjoyed the show this evening and uh, that you can join us next week here on the Jams and Cocktails podcast for our Halloween spooked. <laughs> 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 Oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> it was still hilarious. Okay. Yeah. It's there forever now. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yes, please uh, tune into that. Be sure to catch Jason performing around town. Yay, Jason. You will not be disappointed. And I can say likewise for the one, the only, the incomparable Mr. Brad Brock. And the crowd goes I'll take wild. It. I'll take it. I'll oh. take it. Oh, there we go, Jordan. <laughs> Just for you. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for him to play the crickets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I forgot I'm about just, that. I'm just waiting for Brad to get, because Brad is a marketing genius. I've been on bradbrock.com. I've checked out the uh, jamsandcocktails.com. Brad has a .com for just about everything. I am and so for that. <laughs> I'm so waiting for the OnlyFans Brad Brock. <laughs> well, get your get your pocketbook out. <laughs> I'm showing off. I don't pay for any content, but I want OnlyFans Brad Brock. We'll see. The times are tough, so we'll see. <laughs> Some, some some way to fund this show. Oh, man. <laughs> but yes, again, next week on our show, it is our Halloween special. So uh, tune in for some spooky fun next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, my friends, listen to music, support local, drink some water before bed. Trust me on that one. And take care of each other. We love you guys. Thank you all so much for being here in the studio tonight. Good night. Drive safe. God bless. Bye. Thank you.